Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. All right, live from the drivehubler.com studios, it is a football Friday on the fan hanging out with you. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. One day closer getting you ready for the Colts and Jags. By the way, my headset, I got one ear. This is not good. It's going to be a long three hours, fellas. One ear. My right ear is going <laughs> to... Right, he is going to be in bad shape. Uh, but we are here. We're at a football Friday. We had the Chiefs lose last night, which we were talking about right before we came on the air, how much I loved. Uh, we'll give you our predictions, even though KB has already leaked his prediction uh, to the website. I believe Mark has as well. So I'll give you my prediction and how the season will work out. Uh, we'll do that. Greg Rakestraw, Matt Taylor loaded on this football Friday. Fellas, good morning. What's up? What do you mean, what's up? He's Football got one ear working in his headset. Yeah, what were you not listening? I'm an excited human being right now. Why are you an excited human being? I, I just think this is the time of year where, I don't know, you get a little bit more pep in your step energy. It feels absolutely glorious on this Friday morning. It's going to be a great night for high school football, uh, I guess. You mean it, Indiana football? I was going to say, maybe it's yeah. a great night if you're a Hoosier or Sycamore fan. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this, like... like Marcus Freeman, for example. His son starts for Penn High School. I would assume there's like a decent amount of Indiana football coaches and or Indiana State football coaches that like they can't watch their son tonight play no, for Bloomington a, that, North, play that, for Terre Haute North. Yeah. That like, what are we doing, Big Ten? Do we really need that much more money? <laughs> well, I didn't and think, I know the answer is yes to that, but yeah, do we, we really need, you need want more money? Mark, that much more money that we have to air Indiana and Indiana State? I mean, and I guess I'm ranting here at 7.02 I had no morning. idea this is where you were going to go at 7.03. But Andy, like, think about how many people probably work Indiana University football games that also do something for Bloomington South or Bloomington North or Edgewood High School or whatever. So yes, Indiana, Indiana State tonight, but in all seriousness, uh, I think if you're a Colts fan right now, uh, you should be extremely excited. Uh, you This time last year, again, it was, oh boy, depreciating asset at quarterback. And the last time you watched your football team, you had a dude from TV coaching <laughs> them. And Matt Ryan couldn't throw the ball from me to you. And now there is at least hope. There is intrigue. There is curiosity. There is a modern approach to the NFL. And I... If you are a fan of the Colts, it's about damn time. So, of course, there's going to be growing pains and expectations should not be through the roof, but I think as a fan, Andy... Oh, everybody resets the shot clock and gets jacked up before the season. Absolutely. As a fan, I think what you want for your team, professional team, is can you create an eight-year run? Eight-year run where you're winning... Three division titles, you're making the playoffs another couple of times as a wild card, and there's a handful of playoff appearances, and you got home field in a couple of them, and can you be a perennial annual playoff team? And I think with this approach at quarterback, you have at least tried to go down the path where that that is possible. And in years past... You haven't gone that down that. So tons of drama all off season long. And again, I don't think the wins and losses or the wins are going to be abundant this season. But at least you have gotten in the modern approach to what twenty twenty three life 
needs to be about in the NFL. Well, Kevin Bowen, he has the piece up right now, KB. You have the piece up where you're taking the over, and you will explain why it's what, – what, what are we doing Colts picks? You guys want to do them? We said 8.30. Yeah, Is that, that does that work with that you? Works, yeah, and yeah. We, yeah, we can we can dive into – I'm taking the under. Uh, I am – I'm very much struggling with – there's like three games on the schedule that got me struggling, okay? And this damn Rams game is right at the top of the list. What do you do with the Rams and Colts week four? Like, honestly, I have no idea. You wrote about it, and you're like, I don't know what to do with this game. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with the Rams. Is Cooper Cup playing? Is Cam Akers a bum? Are they trying to get Caleb Williams or Drake May? Uh, So we can get into it. And, of course, last night just warmed my heart. Oh, the Chiefs, the greatest fans, the greatest fans in the world. To be fair, has any owner ever grabbed the mic in front of his fan base? Oh, yes. You guys are the third best ever. Yeah. You people suck. You people stink. Outside the Reds owner, I I don't think anyone has ever done that. Uh, Yeah, you guys are 16th in the latest fan survey. Oh, look at Kadarius Tony with the drops. Did Kadarius Tony throw the game? Oh, I love it. Did he have Detroit Moneyline? I just, there there are few things that I love more than Kadarius Tony spitting the bit. By the way, that's a 1 0. What's that? You did? Took the line. Plus, plus four and a half. Congratulations. So, here we go. You one, did good last one night. You can only go downhill from here. You did good last night. So the NFL, yeah, the NFL started last night. Man Campbell's like, yo, it's second possession. I'm going to fake a punt. That was awesome. He, he's such a man. None of us in here, we could add up all of our manliness and testosterone, and it would not equal the left leg of Dan Campbell. Do you understand? Remember he did the thing where he's like, I drink three large coffees before, you know, 11 a.m., and then he's like, then I get a monster energy drink. Remember that? Said those coffees had espresso in them too. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like three additional shots of Your espresso. Heart rate has to be like plus three hundred. You imagine if Andy Sweeney adopted the Dan Campbell oh god energy diet? I'd die. You'd yeah, be, you'd be jumping off the sales force uh, on, tower on here a, before seven. You guys will love this. Back in an old radio, this is like right when I got into radio. The radio station I was working for, and I forget the name of it, had a had a deal with this energy drink, and so I'm fresh out of college, not making anything. Was it Verve? Uh, was no, it a pyramid I, man, scheme? No, I can't remember what it was and uh and, and so we got them for free so i was slamming like four or five of those a day just absolutely <laughs> ruining my body uh but last night obviously was a lot of fun not if you had the money line of the chiefs or many fantasy football players I, <laughs> it wasn't a lot of fun i am a little confused maybe it's just because it's the lions and like watching them win a primetime football game is like Haley's comet so I, I i was a little confused when we got to the end of the game last night where everyone's like Oh my gosh, can you believe the Lions won that game? And I'm thinking, oh, you guys have loved the Lions. Well, and, and like, it was a four and a half point spread. Kansas City's missing a first ballot Hall of Famer and an All Pro. You add four drops in the game. One of them literally goes to a pick six. I mean, Mahomes couldn't have thrown that ball more on the money to Kadarius Tony. He gets picked the other way. And to the point you just brought up, Andy. I guarantee if you look up in NFL history how many times teams fake a punt inside their own 20 and convert it, the the win percentage probably skyrockets from that. So when you factor all that in, Detroit winning by one point, sure. I, like, I, I didn't think it was that crazy that Detroit... I guess, you know, you go into Arrowhead and you win it. But again, weird things happen in openers. And like Juwan Taylor getting uh, false oh starts gosh, left yeah, and that right. Was wild. That, great, great work by NBC in all seriousness um, and what they were doing and highlighting that. But weird things happen in openers. And I, the Colts obviously have a bit of an unknown to their offensive operation coming up on Sunday. Um, but 
I was not stunned by the result last night. And I don't think all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, Detroit's winning 13 and Kansas City's winning 8. Like, I, I, I don't come away from that. I mean, there were some nice things about the Lions for sure. But again, Kansas City was extremely banged up. And, you know, Kansas City has had clunkers before. We saw one of them right here at Lucas Oil last season. Doesn't mean the Colts all of a sudden were some, you know, better football team than 4-12-1. Yeah, you know, it made me think of a couple things. And listen, we have a bunch of narratives we can get into. Picks, what do we think happens this NFL season with the Colts and everything else? To, to me, it shows, hey, if you go out and you draft well, you can start, you can start, you know, you can start stacking this young talent. And the Lions have been so bad that they were able to do so, but if you relate it to the Colts and Jags, I think, you know, you kind of went down the lane that I was going to bring up, that if weird things can happen in the opener, if you're a Colts fan, that's what gets you, that's one of the things that gets you excited for Sunday, is it not? That weird things can happen. Like, we can dive into later on how we think the Colts game plays out. Uh, I think the Colts can strike a score early, and that can keep you in the game into the third quarter, and then we can see uh, what's going to happen. Um, but at the line of scrimmage, the Lions were there. Can the Colts be there at the line yeah, of scrimmage? It, I mean, that's one thing we've talked about. Yeah, Anthony, and Rich, that's a must. Yeah, it, it's a must. And we've talked about you know the offensive line being better. We know the you know the Lions have built one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. But to relate it back to the game at Lucas Oil on Sunday, you know the offensive line should be able to get Deion Jackson some yards, and then it's up to Deion Jackson. He's, he ain't going to be Jonathan Taylor, but to be uh, but to be solid. Uh, and then we've talked so much about the defensive line. I feel That's like the unit. Yeah, I, I feel like we've talked about it. What Tuesday, th- you know, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday uh, this week, we've talked a lot about the defensive line. If your D line's not going to show up Sunday, then you don't show up. Yeah, frankly, and, I mean, like that. That's what it boils down to. Me like, on paper, you should have an advantage there. The with, line showed up without question. And yeah. I, I was thinking about this driving in. I can't even recall Andy how many times or when the last time. A Colts defensive lineman made a meaningful play in the fourth quarter of a one possession game, you know, where in that moment you had a guy step up for you. You know, I think back to the big pressure that Aaron Donald got on Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl, just how critical that play was in, you know, forcing an Aaron throw in that moment. You know, somebody for that defensive line unit has to make plays because Trevor Lawrence. 45 completions, 52 attempts in the two meetings last year. 86%. uh, That is absolutely absurd, and it cannot happen on Sunday. So, again, good Friday morning to you. For those that are attending a high school football game tonight, it's already crazy to think we're already in week four of the high school season here. Uh, Again, supposed to be absolutely beautiful really all weekend long. So, enjoy that. We'll get you set uh, high school-wise with Greg Rakestraw coming up at Eight again, Indiana and Indiana State tonight. Our coverage will be over on WIBC. That is at seven o'clock. Zionsville and Franklin Central will be the game that we have here uh, from a high school standpoint. Purdue and Virginia Tech tomorrow at noon. Uh, other things of note, uh, I can't wait to multitask at 8.40. Watch Team USA against Oh, boy, Germany. here we go. I knew that's where you were going to go. Yesterday it was this damn fantasy football league, and today it's Team USA. I cannot wait. Now what, Serbia smacked Canada around today. I, I saw. The, so that is Bogdan Bogdanovic, right? Yes. We love Boyan here. Boyan is a former pacer. Right, the other one's an Atlanta Hawk. 
So that is so that's impressive to think that Serbia oh, without yeah. Jokic they could be favored in the gold medal game if U.S. you know it's a close game against Germany. There's no doubt that could be a, you know that that spread could be pretty close. So that is Shea Gildress Alexander yes, and the rest of the Canadians. Obviously, no Andrew Nemhar, no Benedict Mather on that team, but Zach Eady has played for Canada there. So uh, did that go final? I didn't. I, no, I, I, it, I didn't it has not went score. final. I was just looking at Twitter before we went on the air. Got it. Um, no. So we'll keep you updated. On that, um, again, Tyrese Halliburton, Daniel Tice. That is a pacer playing for Germany there in that one. Um, And again, we'll take a look closer at college football for this weekend. I did think... I got my headsets working, by the way. Good to go? I jiggled a cord under the table. (laughs) Sorry, Jiggling something under the table. Sorry, engineers. Always makes me a little nervous there, (laughs) so I appreciate you. You should have been used to it with Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Technological issues in the first segment. uh, We're back. With my co-host. Shaquille Leonard, I thought had some interesting comments yesterday, Andy. Cleared through concussion protocol, so he should and, and I think will play on Sunday. But again, for me, it's the how does he look? And, and I'm sure Shaquille Leonard will clip out audio from this show and probably has already done it. And I know he will screenshot a million tweets, but I think his answer, and, and I think it's important we play the audio because you, you listen to the tr- or you read the transcript of the answer. I don't think it does it full justice of just understandably. I think he has some own skepticism about himself. He didn't say those exact words, but I don't know how you don't watch his answer from yesterday and think that there is some there with him. So we'll certainly touch on that. I am a little nervous guys. I must admit. Uh Oh, so tonight, obviously we've got high school football. We've got Indiana, Indiana state. We've got Ben Shelton against Djokovic. Yes, we do. Your guy, have you reached out any more contact with the Shelton family I, I've around laid, Indianapolis? I've laid back. I've tried to play okay. it cool. I've tried to act like we've been friends for our for our entire lives. Um, by the way, Coco Golf, big win last night. Madison Keys losing second and Are third Are the protesters going to be there tonight again? For a second there, I thought the Czech woman that Golf was playing paid for the protesters to D- didn't glue she glue her Did she glue her feet? Yeah. I'm like, you think Elmer's? I, hey, listen. Rubber I, cement? Well, what about the Gorilla Glue? That's what you have to go with, don't you? Uh, faster you're drying. Taking, you're taking skin off with that, then. You're damn right you are. Tonight, over at Lucas Oil Stadium, we do have the Jim Ursay collection. And why am I nervous about this? What, because Mark's going to play that sound for the next two and a half hours no. of him singing with the Mannings? <laughs> no, but that would be epic. Uh you know Jim Mercy is going to be feeling himself tonight, right? Oh, Chris Angel's going to oh, be wow. there. Like Andy just was under the table. I mean, this is his yeah, moment. Yeah, he's in his home, Lucas Oil. It's music. It's forty-eight hours for the opener. His team hasn't lost a game yet. I mean, this is Ursa. I mean, this is yeah. The guy couldn't sleep. He's got last John Mellencamp showing I, I, up. I wish I were not moving boxes. Otherwise, I'd love to be there. I'm not kidding. And you know why I'm nervous? Because I guarantee you, a few of my colleagues are going to be down there thinking. Let's ask him a question about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, let's Taylor. talk Jonathan Taylor. And yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are we going to have like a 6 o'clock Ursay <laughs> soundbite? You better get a column ready you know, for the I'm website. Like, oh, man, a little 9.30 p.m. column. I just, uh, I want a happy hour beer or two or three and have a great Friday night. And I have a feeling, I, I, I'm just a little nervous. Okay. So we'll see, you should be. Lonesome Highway. East of Omaha. <laughs> uh, Kenny Wayne Shepard, by the way, on the national anthem coming up on Sunday for those inside of Lucas Oil Stadium, as it is indeed the 10-year anniversary of the last season open opening victory 
for the Colts. Good Friday morning to all of you. Greg Rakestraw, 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor, 9 o'clock. Our picks, we, we've added a picker this year for our show, by the way. Um, video form would probably do it better justice, but we'll share the picks of Max Bowen here on the show coming up a little bit later as well. It's a wake-up call. KB and Andy here on 93.5-1075, The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, last night it was the Detroit Lions, the Fighting Dan Campbells, 21-20. So that was certainly the under, and obviously Detroit covers that four-and-a-half-point spread. I think Kadarius Tony just dropped another one, guys. Yeah, I've been I've been, rant, I've been ranting about Kadarius Tony off the air for quite a while. That's and, a giant legend, well, Kadarius. Tony, yes, he right? is, and all, and also, you know, we didn't talk about this too much, and we'll we can dive into it. It was it was charming to see. Now we are playing the result here, but it was charming to see with two oh nine to go, the Chiefs trying to go for it on fourth and twenty five. What was that? I mean, you can punt the ball back. Let's say you punt him back to the to the twenty. Okay, the twenty five. Let's say it's the seventeen yard line, something like that. You know, that's a lot. Different. They're you still have the two-minute warning. Yeah, you still have the two-minute mo- warning, so they're going to have to run a first-down run with David Montgomery, which you know is going to happen. You can use two timeouts. Again, I know I'm playing the result. That was instead they go for it on fourth and twenty-five. I mean, hell, they almost completed it. Of course <laughs> they did, and of course the drop passes. You know the Tony one there at the end. It puts them out of field goal range. I figured the Chiefs would be lining up for a you know a forty-two-yard field goal for the win. Yeah, when the Lions didn't get um, or like didn't possess the ball. What was it like? Right around, I don't know, three minutes. I forget exactly when they punted away. I'm like, yep, I've seen this script before. But Kansas City could not overcome the loss of Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. And so now it'll be Kansas City heading to Jacksonville in week two. All right, you want to move on to baseball? We can. Uh, Reds did not play, but the Cubbies, Mark's Cubbies, did, the Mark. did them. Well, they did them no favors. So let's just huh. be honest. They did them absolutely oh, so now no you're favors. On team Cubs, Kevin. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it, it comes and goes. Diamondbacks six two. Marlins losers last night ten nothing. So how does it look? If you're a Reds fan, a half game back, still a half game back of that third and final wild card spot. Right now, it's Arizona's, then Miami, and then the Reds. The Giants have fallen a full two and a half back. Well, like I said, the the Reds are probably going to be rooting for the Cubs, but the Cubs have Jameson Tyon going on the bump today, so probably another loss. <laughs> he hates Tyon. I hate him. He's, he's, not, abso- go- he's not been he's good. absolutely the hate that man. second Marcus Stroman gets healthy, you take Jameson Tyon, you say, thank you, we'll see you in 2024. Uh, All right, later this morning, we're going to get Team USA back in action. It's the semifinals against Germany. Earlier this morning, Canada lost their semifinal matchup to Serbia. That is Zach Eady in the Canadian national team. Uh, Eady pretty much just got in at the end of the game. He actually had a couple buckets, but the game was already over at that point. So it'll be Serbia awaiting the winner of the U.S. and Germany in the gold medal game. Canada in the bronze medal game now for the World Cup. So that is an 840 tip here for Tyrese Halliburton against Daniel Tice, Pacers legend. Okay, well, I have a question. Can can you back up for a second? Because I haven't been following too much, uh, you know, other than Team USA. Why can Zach Eady not play more minutes? For Team Canada, who do they have in the who do they have on the front line? Like the guy's trying to be an NBA player, well, and it, this is and this is full of non NBA players, and he can't play. Well, Canada's got a ton of NBA guys. 
Shea Gilgis okay. Alexander, R.J. Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, Dwight Powell has played in the league. Okay, but none of those are centers, really, right? Sure, I mean, Gilgis is a point guard. It almost seems like, and I don't know what Serbia's front line looks like there, but uh, <laughs> it almost, you know, Team USA is having a center issue. Like they well, they have, have Bancaro playing center. Gone, um, small ball. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been there, has been their center. Uh, yeah, Paulo Bancaro coming off the bench. So uh, I, I just think Zach Eady making the team is a hell of an honor. So. Um, Good for him. Okay. Well, you look at it totally opposite of the way I look at it. I yeah, look I at mean, it white. He's still a college kid. I, well, I, I, yeah, but he's seven nine. Well, sure, but I mean, <laughs> should be dominating, right? He's seven four. He's twenty one. Let's go. He's averaging four a game. Let's get Edie in. <laughs> you have anything else? Uh, we got the fever, fever tonight. Action, yes. They're going to round out their regular season tonight, and then Sunday their final game. Laguna Seca for the IndyCar season uh, that comes to a close on Sunday their season finale. And again, college football for this weekend locally. It'll be Indiana, Indiana State tonight. That is a seven o'clock kick. Again, this Friday night Big Ten thing. Purdue's going to get it coming up here in a few weeks. I think that's Wisconsin for Purdue. Speaking of the Boilers, they are in Blacksburg, Virginia coming up tomorrow. That is a noon kick against Virginia Tech. And Notre Dame travels to Raleigh. Something got to give there. NC State has lost, um, I think, just once in their last 19 home games. Notre Dame has won 28 straight regular season games against ACC opponents. So we'll see what happens there. That is another noon kick. You like, you like Indiana being 30.5-point favorites against Indiana State tonight? <laughs> Indiana State <laughs> shut out by Eastern Illinois last week, 27 to nothing. Man, I hate these games. I think that's one I mark just hate that you just stay away I, from. I, I don't. I don't. If I'll be listening to Jim Ursay serenade me. Instead yeah. Of- Are you going to the Ursay thing tonight? I think we might be. We're, we're going, to Con- going to Connor Prairie, and then we might Whoa. Dip, dip in to go see That's Jim That's quite Ursay. the Friday night. I know. Are you taking the girls yes. to those places? Uh-huh. Look Damn. at you. You're father of the year. Is girls go a- strong on Friday night. Is this an afternoon trip to Connor Prairie? I don't know what we're doing. We're going to see. I feel like we always hear your email sound, Andy, on the, no. on the morning checkdowns. You're going to lose computer privileges pretty soon. We'll see. By the way, Jay just, fig- Jay just figured out he could use the computer over here. He's like, Mark lied to me for two years. Well, I, and I'm I, like, I, I was yeah. helping the listener. Was- <laughs> On the other side, we'll die. Nothing worse than Jake possibly having computer no, control. I know. I know. That's a disaster waiting to happen. All right. We'll dive deeper into Colts and Jags coming up on Sunday. It's a one o'clock kick for the season opener. Uh, look at some keys to the game. And again, Shaquille Leonard, how will he look? Where is his level of confidence heading into Sunday? I thought some interesting comments yesterday from number 53. We'll touch on that on the other side. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Yeah, it's a football Friday here on The Fan. Reminder, all the coverage beginning Sunday at 9 a.m. Right here, Colts and Jags will continue to get you ready. Greg Rakestraw going to join us at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, will join us uh, at 9 o'clock. What did Shaq Leonard say? We're going to get to that here in just a second. Were you guys interested at all about Joe Burrow getting his contract yesterday? Five years, 275. The only thing that I found interesting about it is they literally announced it right at kickoff. Yeah, I I feel like Cincinnati-Kansas City is like a sneaky, pretty intense rivalry. 
Oh, I don't know if it's even sneaky. Uh, so uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, no, the I just mayor, you know, oh, situation. Oh from last no, I, year, I listen. I think Burrow versus I guess it's Mahomes. Modern day Colts path. I, I think I think it's ex- I think it's exactly that. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's exactly that. He gets two hundred nineteen guaranteed highest paid player in the NFL. Now I can send this out. I did not see this until we went on the air. I can send this to Mark and we can play it like in the nine o'clock hour if you guys want. But you know. You know you know the the volume the uh, the the media entity the volume uh, Joe Middlehoff I don't know him but he's a former scout in the NFL he crushed Mike Brown on that on releasing how dare you you release it at uh, at kickoff of the NFL oh, I love the pettiness and, and I, yes that's what I'm saying I'm like what are we doing here yeah this is this is you know men's soap opera this is the NFL and, and Burrow's cocky as hell like and I, I oh. love it I mean I obviously it's a huge part of it. I think why he has had the success and you know transferring up if you will or you know certainly didn't make a huge hardly any name for himself at Ohio State and goes to LSU and has all that success and now look at what he's done in the NFL so yeah I was uh, I, I just laughed when I saw it literally released like right at kickoff <laughs> right, as, like, well, right also, as Clark Hunt was saying the greatest fans in the National I, Football League by the way the Hunt family just are they the best looking ownership Did family I miss the in daughter? sports? I didn't see the daughter on the field. Was uh, she not on the field? I don't know if the daughter was on the field, but th- there's there's wives, there's aunts. You never can tell how old anyone is on the field. <laughs> they're just a was good, the daughter, good looking family. Is the daughter with Travis Kelsey at one point, or am I imagining things? So, I don't know. Travis Kelsey just broke up with his girlfriend. How about that? Re- and I saw Belichick just broke up with his well, fling. That's on my list. They've been together since two thousand seven. A single on the proud Belichick spells under. Patriots. No, that's not the story. Supposedly, KB, the story is that that like people around that. Now, this is you know, this is page six in the Daily Mail, and no, not, you know, not the Boston yeah, Herald yeah, this, front yeah, page yeah, today. But they, you know, they were having the conversation that people are walking on eggshells around them. They're nervous about Belichick around the office because he's so damn heartbroken. How about that? And she's oh like, my. and she doesn't even want to move away. Mark, she wants mm. to stay there in the Nantucket uh, spot that they're at, or wherever they live she loves the neighborhood that's the that's the gossip she you know, so you know they break up and bill might be seeing her every single day now she can't get enough of bill i mean bill's given eight minute answers on the importance of the long snapper in the nfl bill is in he's in his element right now he's in mid-season Patriots are a lock week one i don't even know who they're playing uh, Eagle, he, the eagles the eagles no, that's a lock. <laughs> he picked the best team maybe in the nfl well, you gotta be getting what a handful of points in that matter no, they're probably getting five four and a half maybe three and a half something like that go ahead with Shaq leonard you were down there with the colts yesterday we have the sound uh he's obviously a huge part of the colts this season and on sunday yeah cleared concussion protocol so all expectations are he will be playing on sunday i expect some sort of pitch count i think ej speed will be spelling him at some point points, which will be a difference from how we typically see Shaq Leonard on the field. And Andy, I know we, we touched on it a lot yesterday. The harsh reality of Shaquille Leonard in 2023 mm-hmm. is you need to see if he's $20 million linebacker or not. Um, you know, the amazing thing about Leonard's career is he has debunked, or I should say had debunked a myth in the NFL. A big thing that the NFL, I feel like a lot of people in the NFL believe is turnovers are luck. Turnovers are really hard to make routine, uh, you know. Unless you have this just elite pass rusher that is a force fumble guy year in and year mm-hmm. out, it's difficult to str- string that together consistently. Leonard, as an off-ball linebacker, said they are not a myth. When he has been healthy, this has been a top. 
10 turnover unit. And it's been because of him. Right, it's his calling card, right. You know, all the forced fumbles he had a couple years ago, all the interceptions he had back in 2019. And then you look at last year, you take him off the field, and it becomes a bottom half turnover team. So it is amazing what he has proven. You know, he was a closer. He was a game changer. And that's really hard to find at linebacker. Like, when you think about this organization, you know, people praise, you know, what Gary Brackett did. Or, you know, Zaire Franklin had a nice season last year. Pat Angerer and Jarrell Freeman had a million tackles for the Colts. But it's one thing to just rack up the tackles. It's another to make the timely, timely turnovers and Leonard has proven to be that guy and that's why you paid him 20 million so for me Andy now the question becomes is he that player again because you need him to be that player to meet the financial contract that you've given him and if not you have to have a tough conversation so yeah yeah when I was sitting there yesterday during the during his press conference I thought to myself okay how training camp evolved it was, wow, it's damn impressive how many reps Shaquille Leonard's taking from day one. I mean, the quantity of reps was really, really impressive. But then you have to get into the quality. I mean, it's it's we just had an NFL game. Like, the feel-good story to late July, early August. It all ends. It's over. It all ends so week now one. It's, yep. how all do you look? And I thought the Shaquille Leonard answers yesterday, and I think it's important to listen to them, not just necessarily read them in a quote, sheet setting but listen to how he answered those questions Uh, I thought those were interesting so uh, again these are two clips from Leonard yesterday in relation to you know how he feels and how close he feels back to his normal self it's, it's better. Um, I, I feel like um, it's getting, it's getting closer and closer to the guy, you know, back in um, 19. So I'm happy with where I'm at. I uh, just got to continue to just get better for me. What do you think to be in you? Um, I'm close. I'm close. Um, just got to continue to come out here and get better, continue uh, to go out there and work and just try to put myself in a position to make plays. Now, Andy, I want us to remember who's talking there. It's Shaquille Leonard. And I bring that up to say this. When Jonathan Taylor said in June that he wants to be rewarded and feels like he has earned whatever sort of contract that he wants the Colts to give him. It was so out of character for Taylor to go away from Choir Boy, to go away from the public relations script, and all of a sudden deviate a little bit. He went Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And again, it was was for Taylor. It wasn't Terrell Owens and Drew Rosenhaus on the driveway doing sit-ups, but it was, wow, that's not the Jonathan Taylor that I'm used to hearing. When I heard Shaq answer those questions, that's not the Shaq Leonard uber, uber confident that I'm used to hearing. And again, I think it's some honesty, it's some candor. I appreciate that. But when I hear just a little seed of doubt, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm totally I, with you. I, I've listened to Shaq a whole lot of six or seven years, and I hear that in his voice, and I thought he had that in both of those answers. If he has some skepticism, I think we all should have some some skepticism. And again, I don't think we should be stunned by this. We're talking about multiple back surgeries. We're talking about nerve questions that led to you know back pain and leg pain and ankle pain two concussions that each lasted for three weeks and less than a year he wanted no part of those concussion questions but uh, again uh, where he's at how he looks boy oh boy um i'm a little skeptical yeah okay so we did not 
dis- we discussed that we were going to talk about this, but I did not know your angle was going to be that because I thought, damn, I'm going to have to be the bad guy this- <laughs> for Shaq Leonard the last two days because yesterday, you know, I was very strong. And I think, you know, if he plays well or if he doesn't play much or if he doesn't play that great, that you might be at the end. You get the out of the contract after the year. You know, you have a young team. You need some other things to put around Anthony Richardson. Uh, and, you know, Leonard hasn't been available, which you need to be. Listen to the sound again because I agree with you. If you listen to it under the the tinge, if you will, of he doesn't sound confident, I, I think you'll be even stronger hearing it the second time. It's, it's better. Um, I, I feel like um, it's getting, it's getting closer and closer to the guy, you know, back in um, 19. So I'm happy with where I'm at. Uh, just got to continue to just get better. From what do you think to be in you? Um, I'm close. I'm close. Um, just got to continue to come out here get better, continue uh, to go out there and work and just try to put myself in a position to make plays. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing there that screams confidence that screams you know normal Sha- yeah Shaq normal Shaq Leonard, Leonard uh he's gonna go out there and be a problem on Sunday and listen I hope he does I mean this is a player that you went through the litany of issues that he's had uh it's not about simply with him bad play if it were that we could crush him eyes out of position eyes slow he's this he's that um but given that the injuries the seriousness with the back the seriousness uh the you know even more so with the concussion two now in a year over three weeks dealing with this one whatever it was yeah to, to me I didn't leave that 22 seconds of audio KB feeling better about Shaq Leonard and he mentions you know at the beginning feeling you know more like himself in 2019 I, I mean that was four years ago that was four years yeah, ago was before, I mean, he was in his early 20s then before two two back surgeries and just general wear and tear you know Zaire Franklin EJ Speed the two other linebackers that will play um, I mean, those guys are making three and four million. You know, Shaq is right around twenty. I mean, you, you, that is a huge difference. So, what does that player bring to earn that difference? He's got to be what Stephon Gilmore was for you late last season. You know, that's what he was, and this defense desperately needs it because, like I brought up in the opening segment. Andy, we just haven't seen it enough from that defensive line. We haven't seen those fourth-quarter closers, and that's what made Leonard the unquestioned All-Pro that he was. It's interesting. I don't know if I said this to Mark when Mark came out there for the joint practices, but when you are so close at training camp, I mean, it's an unbelievable viewing experience. There's no track separating the stands from the field. I mean, you are, whatever, 15, 20 feet away, and if you really look closely at at Shaquille Leonard, and you look at his injured leg versus his healthy leg, it is such a stark contrast between almost the definition in that right leg versus the injured left leg. Oh, you mentioned that, and, yeah. And, and yeah, so I remember you just, saying this. And the guy, you know, frankly, he's just physically, he's been through hell. And I think at times, Andy, we get this way with athletes when they reach a little bit later in their careers. The question becomes can your instincts and you know, mental makeup or just your like football IQ or sport IQ, can that offset maybe some of the physical nature that's not what it was at 21 or 22? Well, we talked about that with Tom Brady. You know, if you've yeah. lost two or three miles per hour off the fastball, are you a better pitcher though because you know how to locate and you know how to work batters, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a dangerous game to play with football players, particularly, you know, guys that are so much in space and their game is so predicated on just, you know, natural, incredible athletic attributes because Leonard is an incredible 
incredibly instinctual player. It's a huge reason why he has put up turnover numbers that we just don't see. But um, again, I, I, I've got real, real questions, and I know that that motivates the hell out of Shaq Leonard. So Colts fans should probably love hearing that. Um, but you think he'll clip us? It's a big storyline. Has he done that before? Has he put out videos where he's clipped radio gas bags saying stuff about him? I, I don't know if he's gone to clips, <laughs> but he has certainly, certainly <laughs> done the social media song and dance. Oh, has screenshots, he? liking of tweets. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was no, I was just thinking. I was like, wait a minute. Does he have someone who's listening to me talk about his contract? And if he uses that, I mean, that's good for me. It's good for the show, is it not? If he's using Andy Sweeney now, now KB may not like it, but I mean, I think for me, it's not all. You know, it's not all publicity is good publicity, but it's you know, it's some publicity would be good publicity for the show, right? Well, I mean, Ball- Letters- Ballard's listening. Ballard's reading, right? Didn't he say that? I would imagine he... Well, yeah, sure. They all do, by the way. I mean, that's just how it is. Everyone knows that. You think Shane Steichen's listening? Steichen comes across as someone who doesn't listen. Right? Doesn't he? Picturing him, like, driving in, listening to the history of the run-pass option. I was about to say, does what Shane Steichen listens to what kind of music? God, Mark, didn't we ask him that at the Combine? And he probably didn't want to say? Yeah, and he was like, ah, NFL film soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he couldn't he couldn't drop the football guy persona at least for thirty seconds. And, Kidding a little bit, you know, in, and tell in you that someone. Answer, but yeah, uh, I don't think he I don't think he answered. I think you asked him like favorite movie, and even that was like, yeah, it was like oh uh, the all the all twenty two the all twenty two uh-huh. right, right, right film of the Rams yeah. game last year something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Ray Straw going to join us eight o'clock. Matt Taylor at nine o'clock. Game day. We continue here. Uh, not game day. Game day on Sunday. We'll start 9 a.m. with JMV and company and uh, all the game action, the post game action and everything else. Can I ask you guys one thing just to transition for a second? Yeah. Uh, and we can talk about, you know, I, I do want to get into, we'll give our predictions, you know, what you want to see. And I, it's such a generic question, but, you know, what is the one or two things that you just gotta see on Sunday? What are the things that you just don't want to see on Sunday as well? But I got thinking, how, did, I, sure, I assume you guys did. Did you see Chris Jones at the Chiefs game sitting up there with the with the henchmen on each side of him? Say, who I, I assume those guys were in the mafia. Well, I mean, I assume they were his agents, right? Or they were from, I mean, I assume they were, but they did look, They it, it had a mob feel to it. So I'm glad you said it. But JT on Sunday is going to be on the field. In a hoodie? Yeah, okay, so that's the reason that. I asked that is what if what if uh, JT is up in the up in a suite surrounded by henchmen like Chris Jones was last year? Malky Kawa's <laughs> in the suite next to him. Yeah. Well, I listen. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm just throwing it out there that if you're a Chiefs fan last night, you look up and my man's got you know my man's uh, got a guy on his left and a guy on his right, and I mean, you know he's got people, his agency. You'd have people booing Taylor. I, I don't know what the vibe is of Chris Jones in Kansas City. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to pretend to you know how fans have reacted to his situation, but I, I would assume and maybe they'd need to be a little lubricated, but I'd assume you, you, you'd have some booze thrown Jonathan Taylor's way, right? <laughs> I, I guess you would, yeah. I guess you, I mean, did you guys see the, um, did you guys see the IU tailgate fight? 
Oh, I love that. Listen, it, the fact that it was a woman in her, what, her 40s, 50s? How great was that? Fighting uh, college kids? That's fantastic. Can we get some of that next weekend? Elio, Mark, can we get a relentless? Can oh, we please I get that? I, I find that audio. That audio was I mean, Tom absurd. Allen's got to include that in the pregame speech for tonight, yeah, right? The, the positive Tom Allen sound that Mark's looking for, he had to dust off. What is it, four, three, four years oh, ago? No, this no, is no, no. The this COVID is year? Right before time. Purdue. It was a halftime speech or I pregame it was, speech? I thought it was pregame. Oh, it's epic. Wait till you hear it. <laughs> okay, well, find it. Yeah. Now I can't wait. Field, Stop those, everything. If those, They should just put cameras up in the trees of those tailgate fields and just do a 30 for 30. Those, those tailgate fields are the most epic things ever. I mean, there's nothing better than a good tailgate fight, so I what, guess. Did it, did you? How did you interpret it? Because Maddie and I were going back and forth on this. Okay. It looked like, and I again, I'm assuming, so I apologize. Uh, it looked like drunk college girl sees great parent food and I'm going to grab it off the table, which I don't blame her. So she goes over there to try and get the food, and I need mom, to watch it again. Yeah. Mom of the kid in Briscoe Gucker five was not having any of it. <laughs> there were yeah, they were swinging, they were swinging. Now that was good. You had also the Morgan Wallen fight in the porta potty. Yeah, I've heard that's epic. I, I've not oh, you seen have, that. You've not oh, seen man, that yeah. one? Oh yeah, that, oh, yeah. that one's a good one. That yeah. was in Pittsburgh. Co- country concert fights are also up there. <laughs> but IU tailgate. I, the girl field walking fights. out of the porta potty and someone's getting swung on right as she walks out. That'd be haunting. No, she got tackled in the porta potty to where I was like is she going to fall in the porta potty? Oh gosh. Like are you going to, to fall this. in the porta potty? Um I do have a serious IU football question. I'm thinking to myself, okay, Taven Jackson gets to start tonight against Indiana State. Uh it was Soresby against Ohio State. Like do you think we get to Louisville next Saturday and all of a sudden Tom Allen's committed to one of the two? No. <laughs> I, or I mean, is this song and dance going to play out I, I, through September through I don't the year? Know. It was so bad. It was so bad against Ohio State. And how do you judge one I, against Ohio State and the other against Indiana? Yeah, State? I mean, those are the yeah. It's a polar opposite. One's number three in the country and one's Indiana State. They did beat Tom Crean, didn't they? Twice? Didn't Indiana State beat Tom Crean twice? Definitely once. I know like they. I know they. Opener, I know they right? beat him once, didn't they? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Tom Crean, I saw, spoke to a team. Relentless. The, the Old Dominion football Come team. Come on, Mark. I know. I, you, I'm looking where I used to find it, and I think they deleted it. Yeah, we Tom Crean. How is he not one of these Michigan coaches during the Harbaugh three game? Yeah, but it's the way. Out. Hang on, we have sound from. You know, hosts that aren't here in 2016. This is not. We, this is unlike Mark. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tom Mark, Allen. I should have saved right it. I don't think I ever saved it. Tom Allen saying "relentless." We don't have funny Tom Allen sound, Hold but we on. we have a Sports Center update from 2000. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's Sports Center updates from March of 2017 in there. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You've got Michael Tr- Grady giving yeah. Network Indiana Tr- updates. Trust from- me, as the new guy, I've been trying to find sound. I'm like, wait a minute. This is all from 2014. What'd you say? the line was mark for tonight indiana indiana state 30 uh, indiana 30 and a half point favorites over God, indiana disappointing state. To see indiana state 27 nothing in the open okay so the esp ago, they were decent yeah the espn analytics give indiana 97.3 percent chance and i feel like that's not good uh, why you, is you it only not, even higher well yeah why is it only 97.3 <laughs> well they did i guess the analytics did watch Indiana's offense. Operate. I mean, yeah. Uh, Purdue, what is it? Three point underdog. I'll have to find it. Is that what I'm seeing? I'll have to find it. I this don't is, know. Uh, it's important though to get back on track. I think in a way, if you could split the first two, 
For you could sell Purdue. these things. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm with it's you. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's three. Over under 47 and a half. Syracuse for the Boilermakers coming up here as their final non-conference game. All right, on the other side, we'll chat with Greg Rakestraw. Again, it's a Friday night Big Ten game. I am curious. Rake will probably have a little bit more info. I, I know the simple answer is just money, but mm-hmm. is this something the Big Ten might actually look at? Because, boy, their coaches are so vocal, and rightfully so. Tom Allen will give him a lot of credit. I mean, very vocal about how much of a joke he thinks it is that uh, they do have these games on Friday night. So we'll chat with Rake on the other side about that. We've got Ben Davis and IMG Academy coming up this week. I didn't realize in Kyle Nenrip's article from the Star, he mentioned that uh, IMG has a couple Brownsburg kids on their team. So we'll chat with Rake about that as well. Uh, it's Greg Rakeshaw on the other side on a beautiful Friday here in Indy. It's a wake-up call. It's KB and Andy on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Hey, reminder, join the fan on Wednesday, September 20th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. for the Radio 1 and Martin University Career Fair. It's all supported by Quest Diagnostics. Get your foot in the door, have your resume reviewed by HR professionals, and get a free headshot. You can do that all September 20th from 10 to 4 at Martin University. For more details, head to 1075thefan.com. All right, coming up in about 30 minutes, we'll have uh, bottom of the hour. We'll have our Colts predictions how the game plays out on Sunday uh, and much more. And to talk about the Colts, high school, and everything in between, Greg Rakestraw joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline here on this Football Friday on the fan. Greg, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Andy. How are you? Uh, we are fantastic. Well, I'm fantastic. I assume KB's fantastic. Oh, He's yeah, over there smiling. Course, He's got his yeah. Notre Dame shirt on, so he should be good to go. I mean, Greg, we were just talking about IU. I mean, you're the high school guy here, one of them, obviously. IU playing on Friday. The Big Ten's going to have these Friday games. Tom Can we Al- stop this, Rake, by the way? Yeah, Tom Allen, you know, he's been... Yeah, go ahead, Rake. Go ahead, Rake. I appreciate Tom's what Tom had to say about it, and obviously love his passion on the situation. But you guys know that that uh, money talks, and frankly, this is it's not going to get any better when you go from having seven conference matchups. Obviously, this time of year you got fourteen different kind of television windows. But when you're going to go from seven television windows to nine, somebody's going to be playing on Friday night, and somebody's going to be playing on Friday night every week of the season. Um, I'll admit to you, I don't mind like when I come back from doing a high school football game on a Friday night, um, you know, seeing like some like 10, 30 or 11 o'clock, like New Mexico State <laughs> game on a Friday. It's, you know, good programming to fall asleep to uh, when, when you get back from a game. But I appreciate what Tom has to say about it. But this isn't going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, just just to follow up quickly, Indiana State in Indiana tonight at 7 o'clock, and then the other one, ESPN2, Illinois and Kansas. And I wanted to say that's a big game, but it is Illinois and Kansas. And, and Purdue's got a Friday night game yeah. coming up. So yeah, I, I just I would like to think, Greg, I don't know, some of these people making these decisions, do they not have kids playing high school football on Friday night? Like, I understand it. Money, money, money. And Kevin, don't act like you were born yesterday. Like, realize how these decisions get made. I totally get that. But there's an element of, like, how much money do you have? Like, I... I I don't know. I know I'm being super yeah, naive with, you, with these do, comments. Do you think a billionaire has ever said, you <laughs> no. think I've got too much money? I'm I good. know. I Greg, I'm looking at that. KB like he's got a third eye right I now. Mean, Rick, How much like, money can you have? I don't know. Does Kurt Mallory have a kid playing at Terre Haute South? Didn't Tom Allen's kid <laughs> play in in Florida recently? Like, 
Marcus Freeman's son starts at Penn. I just feel like with how much do you do you think that any of those coaches have a decision as to when those games are played? No, no, no. And I, I, I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm saying you would like to think athletically, school, you know, president wise, people on the boards, whoever's making it. I know it's mostly a TV decision. Fox people, obviously. Eric Shanks, the president of Fox, pretty much runs the Big Ten. So whatever he says, they will happily do, uh, or maybe reluctantly do. But then they look at the money and say thank you for that it, it, more than anything Greg it's just disappointing I get it but it's just a bummer to me that um, I, I think high school has such fond memories of what Friday night is all about and for that to be taken away because of Indiana Indiana State like, come on Kevin teams from Piscataway New Jersey <laughs> and Eugene Oregon are now in the same league do you think they care about playing high school football on a Friday night and the impact that it has on them? No. I'm not disagreeing with anything you have said in the slightest. Here is the way that this situation, in, in my recollection, has best been handled. And I think we're, we're kind of past this point in terms of, of uh, the, the schools generally caring about this. But the, when this first got broached, either in 2017 or 2018, Purdue played Ohio in a home game at ross Stadium. And they basically went to the five high schools in Tippecanoe County and said, listen, we know we're going to impact your crowd on a Friday night. What we are offering is basically the chance to play at Ross State Stadium the next day rent-free. Instead of playing against our game on Friday night, you come to our campus and play your game on Saturday. I love that. And so there there was a doubleheader the next day. West Lafayette was hosting Crete Monet out of the south side of Chicago, and Harrison and Lafayette Jeff were playing each other. And those two, the other two schools said, thank you, McCutcheon and Central Catholic, no, but we'll, we'll stick with our Friday night game, but thank you for the offer. The other school said, yep, we'll play at your place. And it was really cool. That was the best way that I thought that situation was handled. And so maybe in the future, others can kind of learn from that model. Hmm. And for all of the griping that we do about it on a Friday night, usually you don't get more than one Friday night game a season. And so if it impacts one of 10 to 14 games you'll play, it's not great, but I kind of live with it in the is-what-it-is category. He is great, Greg Straw. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Obviously, along with the high school duties we can get back into here in just a second, he will have his first regular season postgame show coming up on Sunday. Rake, is it wild to think today is the 10-year anniversary of the last season opening win for the Colts? Uh, the Terrell Pryor game where the Colts played miserably and still won the game. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah, what's what's more wild, Rake, 10 years ago today or the fact that no one from that Colts roster is still in the NFL. That's the National Football League, man. I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just the turnover. Seemingly every position other than quarterback, you're, you're going to get that. Um, I, I guess the way that I would phrase it is this. Given how disappointed we all were with how the season opener played out in Houston last year, Let's just take a moment to reflect that that's the best opening day result for the Colts in nine years. God, that's yeah. not good. Um, and, and again, you know, for, for Shane Steichen, he doesn't care about that. That's not on his watch. I get it. I understand it. 
But uh, thanks for giving me a, a, a rehash into my mind what the weekend after Labor Day has been like in the Rakestraw household for the last decade. Thank you. For that. Greg, Greg Rakestraw joining us here on the fan. Um, I, I don't know. What what are you? It's a generic question. What, what are you expecting to see from Anthony Richardson on Sunday? But also, and we've talked about this, you know, the offensive line needs to show uh, that last year was an anomaly. The defensive line needs to make plays, especially in the second half what sorts of things are you interested in in game one well i'll tell you what let's let's jump on the offensive line thing uh and it's just because there have been so many other problems issues concerns developments new faces because there was little done to address it and we do have a history of success even if it wasn't last year with some of the key pieces that are on that offensive line there has almost been this assumption hey, they're going to be better, right? Well, we'll mm-hmm. find that out uh, a little more than 48 hours from now. Um, that's generally kind of how I think it's going to be as well. But we don't know. Um, for all of the changes, differences, and unknowns, there are two areas where where we go, we think it's going to be better, but you don't know. Offensive line and Shaquille Leonard. In other words, like, hey, we, 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 we think they're in a better spot than they were a year ago, but we're going to find out. And so for all the different question marks that any team has going into a season opener, especially this team going into a season opener, those are the two things that are most similar. In other words, hey, you know the names. They've been here for a while. They've been really good areas for this football team in the past. But what's left? We're going to find out come 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. And he is the one and only Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Shifting gears to week four of the high school scene, Rake is the old Mudsock game, the undefeated Tigers and Royals. Is that the uh, game of the night here locally? There is there is a crazy amount. This is always rivalry week. So HSC Fishers, Brownsburg-Avon, Chittard uh, Cathedral, New Pal Mount Vernon all get played tonight. So, the, so the, the various rivalry games are fantastic. And yes, HSE Fishers, I'm not sure these two teams have ever been this good simultaneously. You know, HSE was a couple of plays away from playing in the state championship game last year. Fishers brings back a lot of key pieces and, and multiple Division One talents on that team. I think Fishers is, is a really good football team. I saw them in week number two. But the other unique game that has a lot of folks' attention, and it's the game that I am doing tonight, is Ben Davis and IMG. Uh, and, and yeah, how did that game IMG, happen? Pardon me? How did that game happen? So that game, I would my assumption is that IMG sends out kind of feelers across the country in terms of teams to play. They've got a couple of kids from the Brownsburg area uh, in Alo and, and, and Jackson on that team. Kids that played at Brownsburg when they were younger decided to make the move to IMG in the course of the last couple of years. I'm assuming part of that is to get them a game close to home, but also just, hey, this is a, you know, Ben Davis is a nationally recognizable program because of the success they have had in the state of Indiana. So this game, I hate the fact that it replaces Ben Davis and Center Grove, but Ben Davis and Center Grove have, <laughs> have found opponents like IMG and Moeller to play so they get a good test in week number four. Um, but, but can Ben Davis hang with one of clearly the best teams in the nation 
in this age group. I really think they can. Um, you know, Ben Davis's best team in, in, in my 25 years of doing this was the 2017 state championship team. I can't compare them to Dick Dullahan's 91 team that were crowned national champions at the end of the end of the year. I can't do that. I know how, how jaw-droppingly good the 17 team was. I'm not sure if this team is as good as that team, but I do think this team can be the best team in the state if they could get past Center Grove later this year in the postseason. So um, Fisher's HSE, the best, I'll use the air quotes here, traditional game, but the Ben Davis IMG game certainly has my attention, and not just because that's the game that I'm calling tonight. All right, I'm the son of a Chittard grad. My mother went to Chittard. I, my wife went to Chittard as well. Can I get a line on my Irish against Chittard? What should Ooh. be the what should be the friendly wager in the Bowen household? Do I, is it a touchdown? Is it a little more than that? What am I what am I looking at here? All right, so this is where I want to point out that you should not gamble on high school football. Um, well, KB always are... loses these bets. I know. Greg, I've been here for three, four weeks, and my man's been bringing in, what, rum and six-packs and yeah. Oktoberfest uh-huh. and everything else. I, I did have the Lions like, it's every week. last night. Yeah, he I did. was drunk on a daily and basis. He sped right by the exit and missed that completely. So one more time, you should not bet on high school football. Uh, there, there are programs for things like that. This is a PSA from Rick. <laughs> But in the spirit of answering your question, Irish by four and a half. How about that? <laughs> there we four go. Yeah, got it. Okay, four and a half. You land right. the four and a half. Thank baby. you, right there. Yeah. Well, You're welcome. I'm going to turn my mic off and send some bets on. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh goodness, Greg Regstraw joins us. How many? Just, just uh, IMG has how many D1 players? Do you think on it? Like roughly? Uh, they've, they've got five commits that I know of. I'm yeah. sure there are more. They've had a kid draft in the first round after their college days, obviously, uh, in each of the last four years. Uh, they, you know, they've only been playing football down there for about a decade. Uh, right. and, and it's fitting that we bring this up as the U.S. Open is taking place. The origin of IMG is the old Nick Bolletary Tennis Academy. And, and after a while it became, hey, maybe we can do this in other sports as well. And obviously they've done that in football. They've done that in basketball. Um, and so, they, are, you know, football factory has a negative connotation. But that's, 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 that's yeah. kind of what it has become because they are producing kids that are going to major colleges. So the commits that I know of, uh, Colorado, Georgia, Oklahoma, Oof. Liberty, and Texas, and I think that describes defensive end, running back, um, quarterback. Uh, I'm, I'm missing one of those. But I, think, I think a corner is, is the kid that's going to be going uh, to Georgia, and I guarantee you there will be more. Now, Ben Davis has a couple of Mid-American Conference kids. Mark Zachary, who's a junior, can pick which school he wants to go to uh, in the future. So my guess would be that this Ben Davis team probably has four or five hmm. Division One kids on it as well, which is why, again, I, I think they can be competitive. Give you an idea of how good Ben Davis is, Andy. Their backup quarterback took a visit to Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, it's a lot of talent. Quarterback who is a junior, so Ben Davis has some talent too. Yeah, as a Notre Dame fan, I was very excited to see them offer Mark Zachary here recently. Ray, correct me if I'm wrong. Kevin Wright used to be the head coach at IMG, and it's it's Mike uh, Mike Bray's kid, Kyle Bray, right? He's the head coach there now. 
Um, I, don't, I got to double check on, on, on Kyle being the head coach down there now because uh, I've been focusing on players, not so much the coaching staff. But you are correct. Kevin, you know, obviously Kevin did great things at, at Warren and at Carmel here, was the head coach at Trinity for a brief period of time. But, yes, he spent time at IMG as well. And you've got Tuesday. You've got – is that the Florida Badunga soccer game? That is the Florida Badunga soccer game heading up to Walter Cross <laughs> Field for Kokomo and Logan yes. with a 6.30 kickoff. Gosh, I love that. that I do. The idea that was hatched on this show seven days ago. How yes. about that? And it, I don't know if we can share this, Rake, but I'm very excited to have in the calendar you and I heading up US 31 in a few months to watch Micah Shrewsbury and my Irish. I cannot wait. And so this is the part to bring the conversation full circle from all the 47 seconds ago. What you do is you put in Micah's head that, hey, let Zachary play basketball as well. That way Notre Dame gets a two-sport kid that way. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I like where you're at here. Gosh, Micah Shrewsbury needs to hire Rake as a consultant. He's already hired like two of my friends. We're good. <laughs> you know, with, with, with Brian Snow and, and, and Ryan Owens being on the staff, I got enough buddies on that staff. We're in good shape. Rake, have a great call tonight. Ben Davis, IMG, and I will see you in the press box on Sunday. All right, sounds good, my friend. Take care, guys. That is Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. We um we took a vacation to Anna Maria Island, which is a little bit outside of like the Tampa St. Pete area, and my brother and I were looking for a golf course. We actually played like I am it's a public golf course. IMG Academy has a golf course. Oh yeah. And like, I was gonna see if you've their seen campus. the facilities. Oh, oh yeah. God. And that's yeah. where Zach Eady went. That's where Zach Eady yeah. went. That's where Jarris Walker, Pacers draft pick, went. It is insane and their golf team was practicing it's like you've got 50 or 60 kids all paying what 50 grand a year well, at they're least, from yeah. every oh, yeah. country you can imagine they'll have you know different flags on their golf bags it is insane so just out of sheer curiosity i'm looking forward to seeing what the score is on that matchup tonight with IMG against Ben Davis. You guys want to pay off, pay off this Tom Allen audio that Andy's never heard before? Relentless. Let's yeah. hear it. I, I discovered this is it. Tom Allen discussing the or describing, I should say, the tailgate fight that's making the rounds virally from last week. Tom Allen's doing that, and Jeff Brom was doing the exact same thing. Was that a, probably oh a Brom coach, God. I would imagine? When he, when he says from 60 Minutes and Beyond, it shows you that we, we're watching Toy Story right now in the Bowen household. I keep on thinking Infinity Are you? and Beyond. Is the, I mean, How the, has Tom Allen not gotten an NIL deal with the throat lozenger company? I mean, he seems like he was like foaming at the mouth. He's just pacing back and forth. He does. He makes four plus million dollars a year. Former Ben Davis head football coach, Tom Allen. If you want to bring that full circle there. Uh, Again, our game tonight will be Zionsville and Franklin Central. We'll see what 
T.Y. Hilton's son, Eugene Hilton, does against a very improved Franklin Central. Does Toy Story Same. 1 hold up still with oh, your kids? Oh, yeah. 100%. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Hell no, it holds up with me. No, but it, it probably holds up for movies like that age as yeah. much as just about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any genre. We got five genre. minutes into it. I go, Rosie, do you like it? She goes, Daddy, I didn't know toys could talk. I was like, all right, say no more. Looks like we're good for the next hour. Oh, yeah. We got the Disney Plus thing, so it's yeah. all the, go all the, the Toy Stories. Toy Story Greatest Showman, a little bit back and forth. Loves the music of the Greatest Showman. Um, so, yeah, well, I'm very pleased with where our TV viewing is at right now. Uh, we're going to, I would assume, get to the check down here in a second. Jeremy reached out to us on Twitter, and he has four tickets to tonight's concert. Oh. Do we want to accept those? Aren't they free? Uh I thought they cost something, don't they? No, they're free. Oh, they're, okay, never mind. We gave away oh, we gave mind. away floor seats, which I believe cost I don't even know how you if you could even buy those, but the actual like get in tickets are free. Gotcha. Unless you're on the floor, that's like VIP. Right, you have uh-huh. to be you have mm-hmm. to be a big wig to be down there. Okay. I'm still I'm fine with that. I'm still loving the video of this IU tailgate fight. It's yeah. great. I'd love to see that next week. Louisville and Indiana are down are down uh, at Lucas Oil. Maybe a little little crimson on uh, now is that an on early, red battle? Is that an early kickoff I at wa- noon? Yeah, I want to say that's a noon game. And I remember I, I think I asked you a couple weeks ago. You think a lot of Louisville fans in Indy for that one? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Louisville fans think they're winning ten games this season. They won last night and they covered at the end of the game. How about that? I'm trying to look, and they'll probably be a fringe top twenty five team uh, when they roll in here. I'm looking right now, and he's he's got the kid that's transferred a million times, right? Jack Plummer. Yeah, he's been benched twice. Yeah, it's a noon kickoff at Lucas Oil. I may wander down there. Relentless. Gosh, hope the Lucas Oil walls can handle that. A little different sounding than I think Frank Reich's tone from a pregame standpoint. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's do that morning check down again. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor at 9, and we'll give out some NFL picks for the season and our Colt Jag picks coming up here in a few. But let's do the morning check down. The morning check down. Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, Vegas made that money last night. If you had the over, if you had the Chiefs, if you had the money line on Kansas City, you lost all of them. A lot of the player props as well. 21-20, your final score. The drop passes, we know about that. After the game, Patrick Mahomes unhappy with the loss. Like I had said after the ring ceremony, I I moved on to the next season. Obviously, it's cool for the fans to be able to see the banner and drop it at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, But this is a whole new year, and I think uh, I know that, and we're, gonna, we're trying to win another Super Bowl, and this is obviously not the way we wanted to start. And so anytime I lose, I'm embarrassed. Um, and so I'm going to try to get better so I don't lose more as the season goes on. Did Kadarius Tony throw the game? Uh, he just dropped another. Well, I mean, Kadarius Tony doesn't practice. He 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 joins the team. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm trying to think of the best example. He just joins the team week one. I mean, never the guy never practices. He's never been in a preseason. He's never um, what we call it, training camp. He's never in his NFL career participated in training camp. And the same uh, was you know the same this year. They get out there. He's got two big opportunities, uh, and he failed as well. I'll give you that. Drop passes. Here's Andy. Last night, yeah, it's uh, it's unusual for us to drop that many passes anywhere, anytime. So um, we'll we'll go back and, and work on that. Um, you know, but you got you know you got to take care of business, and these guys know that, and so we've got to fix that. All right, coming up here in about 15 minutes, it'll be Team USA back in action, the semifinals of the World Cup. It's them in Germany. Germany, uh, Dennis Schroeder, the uh, Wagner brothers played at Michigan. Both, I think they're both with the Magic now. 
Um, Daniel Tice, so certainly some NBA flair to this German team. What we saw this morning was Serbia without Nikola Jokic. It was Bogdan Bogdanovic going off against Canada. So Zach Eady and the Canadians, they bow out in the semifinals. Eady really just played the last couple of minutes mop-up duty there. Uh, but I think a little bit of a surprise. If you just surely went off NBA talent, Canada with Shea Gilders-Alexander and Dylan Brooks and Lou Dort and Dwight Powell and R.J. Barrett, certainly more NBA notable players than Serbia. Um, so it'll be the United States trying to get to that gold medal game with Serbia and the loser of USA-Germany gets Canada in the book. You guys want to hear Dan Campbell's post-locker room speech after <laughs> oh, last night's God. win over the Chiefs? You kidding me? You want to run through a brick gonna, wall oh, right you now? Kidding me? going to pick up Andy Reid and throw him 50 yards in the post If it's good, I tell you what, do you want to wait and do that right at the top of 830? Sure, we I, can If do it's that. good, because you, know you know I love Man Campbell. Are You a Dil- You hate Dylan Brooks, don't you? I mean, he's got okay. the veins popping oh. out of his neck. Do I hate Dylan Brooks? Yeah, do you hate Dylan Brooks? Sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I just making sure... Uh, I mean, he said nothing too personal. To no, me. no. Uh, Cubs losers. What was it? Six uh, two last 6-2. night. Uh, Cubs losers. That was actually bad for the Reds. As much as Reds fans may want them to lose, uh, Arizona has now moved up to that third spot. Marlins a half game back, and then the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds back in action tonight. Let's see who do they have? Cardinals, they host right? St. Louis. That one's six forty. If you want to watch that one, you better pull out the Apple TV. Trisha Whitaker on the call with that one. Really? Say, yeah. Okay. Trisha's the Friday night Apple. What, what do you call it? Dugout? Yeah. Sideline? Dugout. Sideline, dugout. Yeah, either yeah. one's fine. Um, a quick rundown on some other items from local interest. Again, the Fever, they've got their final regular season games of the season this weekend. A Laguna Seca is the site of the IndyCar season finale coming up on Sunday. Uh, coverage begins, I think it's over on WIBC, around 3 o'clock for that one. And last night in the U.S. Open, you had Coco Goff at 19 years old advancing to the U.S. Open Women's Final. It looked like for a while it would be an American opposite her, but Madison Keys, after an incredible first set, she lost tiebreakers in set two and three. Uh I'm not going to, well, I'll try and pronounce the opponent. Sabalenka is my guess. Uh, she's going to be the number one player in the world. That's who Coco Goff now is going to play in the women's final. And we'll see who gets in the men's final later today. Ben Shelton, Carmel legend, his mother, um, Lisa Witzkin. Ben Shelton facing Novak Djokovic. And what I think will be quite the scene inside of Arthur Ashe coming up uh, later today. So that is your U.S. Open tennis update. All right, on the other side, we'll give out some NFL picks for this season and our own coming up for Colts and Jags this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor joins us in 30. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, will be joining us. You'll hear him on the call, all the pregame coverage and everything else beginning 9 a.m. on Sunday as we get you ready for week one. Cannot wait, NFL week one. The Chiefs lost. Uh, one of my personal nemesis, Canarius Tony, threw the game last night. Uh, I'm feeling good about it. I feel good about all of it. I don't mind saying that I'm feeling good about all of it. Did you happen to see KB, and we're going to give our predictions I think you guys have already basically on the website given your predictions so we can talk about the season, the game on Sunday, and everything else. We'll do that here in just a second. Did you see what Sean Payton told, uh, and this is from the reporting of uh, Seth Wickersham, uh, what he told Russell Wilson? 
Did you see any of this? Uh, I did not see that specific comment, but from what I gather, Sean Payton's crazy. Uh, well, Sean Payton told Russell Wilson basically, "You need to be, you need to resurrect your career and stop worrying about your image." And that sort of thing. And he told him, will you freaking stop kissing all the babies? You're not running for public office, is what he told like Russell Sean Wilson. Sean Payton is still getting used to the uh, high altitude in Colorado. Listen, listen, I, I, going off on wait, everybody. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Sean Payton on this one. Say, Are you not? I don't think he's wrong. I think I mean, he's exactly right. Yeah. Russell Wilson needed somebody to tell him that, and Sean Payton is the guy to tell him. Like, they showed Goodell last night in one of those you know suites. I half expected Russell Wilson to be sitting next to him. <laughs> I mean, isn't that like where you expect Wilson now? Like, just front row of every award show with Sierra, and then, you know, oh, he's next to Goodell here, he's next to Goodell there. Yeah, I'm totally good with it. By the way, am I missing something here? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're going to give out our picks here coming up. I feel like a lock for this weekend. Are we all with the Bengals minus two and a half over the Browns? Yes. Is that a Burrow injury line? Is that what that is? No, it's an NFL. The Browns, the Browns, you know, it's in Cleveland. You know, I, I don't know. Is it going to snow there? I'm kidding. I mean, it's in Cleveland. I don't know. Like, it, I ask this in all seriousness. Is Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon hurt? Like, am I... No, everyone's good to go. Well, Cleveland's getting respect. Deshaun Watson's Why, back. Bro? That is the one line of all the NFL lines that really stand out to me from this weekend of, like, one I feel pretty good about. Um, I'll take Cincinnati. I mean, two and a half. Okay, so you so you, you feel good field. about it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what that means. <laughs> well, I feel, <laughs> you feel good, good about, about the Lions. Four I know. And a half last night. I, I, now. I, no, I know. I need to give you. I tell you, there's a bunch of the, the games are great. I mean, like, yeah, Titan, it's good opening. Weekend. It is like Titans Saints. Like you can laugh at it, but you know, I was looking. You know, just kind of scanning. You know, we're gonna. I don't know. We can give our picks to you know who's gonna win the AFC East or something. So I'm just scanning all these different predictions, and like no one has any idea what to do with the NFC South. They have no idea, KB, what to do with it. Who's yeah. going to win the, the they, NFC South? Yeah. I'm not a Derek Carr guy, okay? So Derek Carr going to the Saints, I'm like, is there going to be that much different than Andy Dalton if he's there with the Saints? I'm not a huge Dennis Allen as a head coaching fan anyway, So and, and I think Tennessee is going to be better than I think all of you do. I, I think everyone here is done with Tennessee and has moved on. I, I tend to think, think them in Jacksonville is going to be a fight no. for the no, South. You get the Mike Vrabel factor. Yeah, that yeah. guy Vra- gets Vrabel, his team up. Like you feel time. like you'll win nine games just because they're Vrabel, yeah, you just right? Fall out of bed in November. It's like God. Tennessee's still in. They're it. still around. So okay. I mean, so this show's different. Didn't Tennessee have a lead on Jacksonville in that season finale? Yeah. And if Tennessee wins that game with whoever the hell was well, playing quarterback, I think for it was. Him, Oh, it wasn't. Was it Dobbs? Dobbs or Willis? Whoever yeah, it was. I think it was Dobbs. They won the AFC South yeah, last I mean, like, year. Pa- and Jacksonville doesn't have the opportunity to do what they did with the Chargers. So I mean, Packers Bears is good. Eagles have to go on the road to New England. Dolphins Chargers is a great game. Giants Cowboys Bills Jets. Uh, I mean, there's only Steelers Niners is pretty uh, intriguing. Yeah, to yeah me. I mean, like I think the Steelers win that game straight up. Like I'll go money line on Pittsburgh there. I what just, is that? It's a small line. Two and a half. Yeah. Two two and a half. Uh, San Francisco. But uh, I mean, Cardinals and Commanders is a stinker. But Washington could get a win. Uh, Baltimore should beat up on te- on the Texans. But that's about it. I mean, really, it's a great slate for Week One. I have a Super Bowl pick that I just feel so dirty even picking. Well, let's go. Fans are gonna hate it. Okay, so fans here are gonna hate well, it. Everywhere. Okay, every. Well, everywhere. No, I was, well, yeah. I was trying to think who the who the yeah. Colts fans from, from would the hate. Philippines to Argos, Indiana. Okay, yeah. well, who is it? Let's go. 
I got Jets and Cowboys. What you, the you, hell, you, you Kevin? disgust me. I, you know what? Okay, so you know the you know Stephen A. Smith and in like all those shows, you know Stephen A. Smith and all the Skip Bayless shows. God, I they hope always, you're not comparing. No, no, hang on. They them. always do. There's always a viral video where they get they're so exasperated by something that one of the guys has said that they walk out of the room. Like Richard Sherman said that playing corner in the NFL is more difficult than wide receiver, and Michael Irvin had to get up. Right, he had to get up and walk out of the room and compose himself Th- that's how i feel <laughs> yeah that is a pretty yeah, disgusting yeah. super bowl match. I, I, I yeah know it's dirty. Is, the, is the rum in here dirty? get your damn act together oh, no you, thank you you and the cowboys no, thank thing you on is both sides of me that. i mean the cowboys are what they got to be one of the higher nfc favorites oh no they they're probably third or fourth yeah oh yeah there's then, no doubt about okay, it okay let's go back to the jets last year all right oh and, and I, let's i know i know take the hard knocks aaron Rodgers. this moderna that let's all put that to to the side we're putting Moderna to the side. The Jets started the month of December last year as a 7-4 and four football team. And look at the quarterback, I guess plural, that Joe Flacco. We're playing for them. Joe Flacco. And, and Mike and White, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. I mean, yeah, like, I, I understand. Seven and four football team, and I'm not acting like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did win back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021, so I don't think this is a Matt Ryan experience here. No, but no. all of a sudden, if you just get competent quarterback play, they walk into the playoffs last season. Now, I think it's a very hard division, and honestly, I could probably talk myself. I would say into about a handful of AFC teams. I'll be curious where you guys go with your AFC picks. NFC to me is kind of a pool of three. It's it's Philly, it's San Fran, and it's and it's Dallas. AFC, I think you can go a little bit deeper. So again, I know it's dirty. I'll do two showers. Today. It's dirty, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go Ooh. Jets and Cowboys. Oh, that 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 is. A, I will say this. The and again, this is coming from the guy that picked the Raiders last year. The the thing that would worry me about the Jets the most, and and again, I love to laugh and enjoy the misery of the New York Jet fan. And I think a lot of people, even like if you don't give a damn in Indianapolis, you do because they're on hard knocks, and it's going to be talked about on ESPN and Mike Greenberg's going to be, you know, loving himself some Jets and everything else. So enjoying their misery has been something over my 39 years on this earth that I've had a lot of fun with. The thing that's the only thing that scares me is 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 just there there is there's a virus Okay, no and, and the where, Jets. Where the are you Jets, going with this one, the with Jets, The Jets have a virus as a as a Is as an organization from Rex Ryan? As, as an organization. Um, they're a lot like the Mets. You know, Verlander can win a Cy Young, and he goes to the Mets like Scherzer, and he can't throw. He can't throw at all. Wait, they have Mets, to get rid of Mets them. Fans, Giants Jets, fans. No, they're Jets fans. It's Mets no, and Jets. Yeah, it's okay. Mets and Jets. And so the Jets oh, yeah, have you're that. You're a Yankees guy. Yeah, the, the, the Jets it. have that. Same stink, KB, to them. And and that's what it's the stink that worries me. And in real talk, it's I don't love their offensive line. And, you know, Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers, if he gets hit, you know, he he jams a finger, breaks a finger on a helmet. Stuff, stuff that could happen to anybody. Something could happen to Anthony Richardson. Something could happen to Justin Herbert that could happen, uh, you know, that could have happened last night to Pat Mahomes and everything else. So I, I know it's easy to say, well, Andy, you don't like him because you're worried about an injury to the quarterback and that ruins every team. That would be the only thing. I mean, like the East could listen. The AFC East could have three teams in the postseason. Like who? Yeah, like, I, I really like Miami, and, and I've always enjoyed well, Buffalo. Well, here's the thing: the one reason that I like what the Colts did in getting Anthony Richardson is 
I, I mean, you got to boom in the AFC, don't you? I, I mean, there's going to be damn good quarterbacks that just don't make it. Oh, with that, I mean, loaded teams that don't make the postseason I mean, Andy, in the AFC. He had seven playoff teams last year, and all seven quarterbacks under the age of 27, all seven drafted by that team. And before we get to your guys' Super Bowl picks, I, I want to go back and. and I apologize for kind of falling into this trap at times, but I just think it's natural to to do it considering the market that we're in. Rick Carlisle, you go back to Tyrese Halliburton's contract extension a few months ago, and at that press conference, Rick Carlisle mentioned how right before the trade for Halliburton that the Pacers were in a really dark place as a franchise. And I thought it was a very candid moment from Carlisle. And when he first said it, I was like, man, that's... Seems a heart a, a bit drastic, but then in a way, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, they kind of were." Like the previous operation of Oladipo and Sabonis and Turner as these bigs, it clearly was not working. Malcolm Brogdon was, you know, incredibly hurt. Where were you going to turn? You, you needed something, and the Colts have never had someone publicly mention that. But the Colts have been in a dark place. Well, I would make yeah. the argument the Colts have maybe been in a darker place than the Pacers have been in, and. The Colts finally, finally have created some light. Now, again, it's way down there. I mean, if we're in the tunnel, Andy, mm-hmm. it is so far down there. But you're at least in the tunnel with a map in your hand, and you've gotten modern, and you've created this. This is the style of quarterback. This is the type of head coach that can make this pairing work. And I said it to open up the show. I think as a fan, A, it's a very exciting, intriguing time to be a fan of the Colts and the Pacers. But B... I think what you want as a fan more than anything is the ability to feel like you have kind of this six- to eight-year window. And Matt Ryan wasn't going to give it to you. Carson Wentz was not going to be a resurrection project that was going to give you that. Phillip Rivers obviously wasn't going to give you that based off his age. So now you have gotten back to the, again, time fo- timeline, modern-style quarterback that I think is necessary to try and get there. It's not a guarantee you're going to get there, but at least you have attempted that. And I think if you are a Colts fan right now, that should be where your excitement level is 48 hours away from the season starting. Well, you have a chance to boom. Anthony Richardson has a chance to boom. And there were other quarterbacks that you could have taken uh, if you go a year or so with Gardner Minshew. If you go with, I don't want to pick on him, Will Levis, right? I mean, fits into that mold. I'm not a C.J. Stroud fan as well. And you look at Anthony Richardson, you, you, you know, I, what what Shane Sykin call him? He had superpowers. Is is that is that the phrase? Yeah, that he when used? he gets out of the Wednesday, pocket, he yeah, has some superpowers, that, that he has yeah. some superpowers. I mean, that's the kind of boom that you have to have when the Dolphins are a loaded roster. Josh Allen and the Bills are loaded right now. For the next couple years, the Jets are going to be loaded. The Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. We talked about the Titans. You wake up and you're like, okay, they've won eight nine games. They could be in the postseason. The Chiefs have a generational player. Hell, I think the Chargers missed the playoffs this year and the Chargers have a top quarterback um so I, I listen I'm with you I mean the, the Colts they, listen it may not it may not work out it's understandable but they're but they're taking a big swing but at, at least it you've gotten the Richardson. bat off your shoulders in years past, exactly you didn't get the bat off your shoulders you were you know and I feel like I'm listening to my dad you know coach me in Little League back in the day of swing like at least swing you know and, and that's what I don't feel like they were doing Enough in years past. All right, All right look, you want my Super Bowl? Let's hear you guys' boring ass Super Bowl picks. All right, I, I mean, I'm taking Philly beating the Bengals. Boring. 
I just, I just listen. I, I that's got to be up there is probably one of the more like probably. Well, I don't like anyone picks. in the NFC yeah. North to to make it. I don't like anyone in the NFC South to make the Super Bowl. And a lot of people are taking the Niners, and I'm just not there with Brock Purdy and the Niners uh, making it. I, I kind of like Seattle this year again, but are we? Am I putting Geno Smith into the Super Bowl? And the answer is no. So, and I'm not a Dak guy with the Cowboys. So otherwise, I'm basically down to the Niners and the Eagles. Eagles and, you know, I have a bias against uh, the Cowboys. And then I'm looking at like guys like Geno Smith or the Lions or my Giants. And I just, those teams just don't have enough, uh, the roster. So I think Philly's going to make the Super Bowl. I think I got lucky last year that they didn't win it. And this year I'm going to have to sit in here with you guys, hopefully, on that uh, leading up to the Super Bowl those two weeks and that Monday and be sad. I'm going to yeah. be sad, man. You know, one of the reasons that I like Dallas is I think the Stephon Gilmore trade is great for them. I mean, you have a pairing of Trayvon Diggs, you know, one of the best corners in football, and then you get Stephon Gilmore opposite him with that pass rush. I'll go a step further. You know, because I, I, you I need know. two corners in that division for your Eagles. I mean, not your Eagles, oh, but your, your, your Eagles oh. pick of A.J. Brown. Oh, you're and, trying to kill me today. And Devontae Smith. You're look, the one that... Mark that, is smiling that, right now. Well, listen, I listen. I, I, I think my Giants got a great shot to make the playoffs, but oh, I, I'm not the kind of guy no. that's going to put them in the, in the damn suit. Super Bowl and in the AFC I mean the East who knows figure that out I actually like the Ravens and thought about putting them in the Super Bowl but Lamar Jackson doesn't play well in the postseason he doesn't he didn't finish the full season of games yet well no but I mean he's got to stay healthy in December before you talk about them he's got to be healthy in December and string a couple playoff wins and big moments together uh, before I think that they're just going to kind of make a run there but I think Baltimore will be in the postseason I've got the 49ers and Bengals in the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow lighting up a cigar in Allegiant Stadium by the end of the I night. I just can't do 49ers again. That NF- the <laughs> NFC is pretty weak, though. I know, I know. What if the Colts were in the NFC? Oof. God, that'd be a dream. <laughs> if I just threw them yeah. in the NFC I mean, South. I mean, the NFC, is, the <laughs> NFC South is a legit, like, all four teams are rebuilding. Basically. Big Ten West. I mean, that's, that, that's exactly what it is. I mean, thank the Lord we got Jacksonville in the AFC South to have... <laughs> Some sort of respect. I, I've seen people that have mentioned Jacksonville as like the number one or two seed based off the schedule. I think Peter King had them maybe as his number one seed based off this schedule. Right, like they can win five out of the six games or something like that in the and South. And they get Kansas City yeah. at home next week. So, yeah, I think that's something that um, is pretty intriguing. All right, we'll give some Colts-Jags picks as well. We'll do that here coming up. And uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us in 15 minutes. We'll also keep you updated on Team USA against Germany. The semifinal game, a slow start per usual for the United States. They're down 9-6 to here early on in the semifinal matchup against the Germans. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Yeah, football Friday here on The Fan. Matt Taylor going to join us in about 10 minutes or so. I think we're going to give... Well, you guys have already given your Colts predictions, basically. I think Mark put a... Well, you put something up on I, the website late last week. I predicted KB. their win-loss for the entire season. Yeah. There, there you, you go, go. Mark. Their win total? Yeah. I said 6-11. and 11. Andy, you're going lower than that, correct? Yeah, okay. So, just to break this down, here is where I'm struggling. Uh, struggling. <laughs> Sorry, I'm struggling. I have not had any of the rum this morning. I'm struggling with the Rams 
I'm struggling with the Rams game. I'm struggling with the Saints game. And I'm struggling with Atlanta at the end of the year. And I'm struggling with Atlanta because, A, I don't know how good slash bad they're going to be, the Atlanta Falcons. And when you get to the end of the year, who's left, right? The attrition that you have throughout the season, which guys are left, who's injured, who's available, who's not available. Once you get down there, who's playing, who's playing for something. I mean, we saw the Colts. I mean, the Colts and Giants last year, the Colts gave up in that game. I mean, they gave up in that game. And they knew that Nick Foles, by the way, you're engrossed with Team USA. I can see what you're doing They're right now. They're getting here in the first quarter. They're down, they're down seven, aren't they? 22-15? I'll make it 10. Slicing them up. He just hit a three, yeah. Um, well, make it make it a 10-point game. So uh, I, I, I had him winning the last three of the season. That would be Atlanta. That would be, at that point, no way Jimmy Garoppolo is still starting for the Raiders. I'll go Aiden O'Connell. In that one, and then uh, and then the Texans. So I went with seven. I know that's on the high end um, of it. I just think the schedule is a joke. Like when you bring up, th- I understand. When you bring up the Rams. You would qualify Stafford as maybe not even maybe one of the tougher quarterbacks they are going to face this season. And again, you take Cooper Cup away, uh, the Rams are nothing. Yeah, and I what mean, does that look yeah, like they, for them? They haven't had they haven't had a running game. It, if they don't have Cooper Cup, we're talking about Van Jefferson They're and the Juju youngest Atwell. Team in, the youngest team in the NFL with Stafford, with Stafford with Donald, and Donald. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy to me when I when I saw that stat there. So I, I'm going to have them five and twelve. Yeah. I, I, th- that that's where I have them now. When I say that, I, I think there's probably like four games in there ish, four or five games where they play well and they give a team everything and they just kind of lose. And the end because they're a young team with a new coach and a new and a new quarterback, right? I don't think that's unfair. I I, I tried to get him to six, but I just I, I there's a few teams on here. I just don't know uh, what they're going to be able to do. I don't have them winning the game against Tennessee. That would be probably where you would add another win. So I'm gonna go five and twelve. I'm gonna say there's four games ish that you look at and say, damn, if they could have closed that game. You know, this could have been an 8-9 win team, uh, maybe even like you, like a 7-win team. That's how the margin is in the NFL. I mean, Kadarius Tony makes, a, you know, the Colts, uh, the Chiefs play like crap. If Tony makes a catch, they probably, what, get in field goal range, and they play like garbage, and they win 23-21 over the Lions, who have had all this hoopla around them. That is how razor thin it is in the NFL. You're going to see that uh, week one. Like, I think in Jacksonville, or this Jacksonville game, I think the Colts can come out, get a good start early, and, and kind of lead this game. I think ultimately they're not going to win, but if I had to pick, I would say 5-12 and 12 is going to be where I settle this season. And, and I know this is some loser mentality, so apologies up front, but it's the reality of where the Colts are at right now from a franchise standpoint. I didn't you know, fret too much over what the win-loss total was because that, to me, is just not very important. The, like, if Anthony Richardson goes down early in the season and the Colts win seven games, Who cares? it's not a successful season. Right, right. It's all about his development. And then, Andy, I think at the end of the year, it's, okay, which other pieces are with Richardson and which pieces are done and not a part of the next you know handful of seasons for you? That's what this year is all about for me. So, um Again, I know that's not like typical NFL bottom line business sort of reality here with it, but everything, everything, everything is about his development 
And then obviously you have some individuals that would be a trickle down effect off of that. Um, but I, I didn't, you know, six, seven, five, four. Who ideally, cares? Who cares? Ideally, yeah. you'd probably win three, and Richardson would look great, and you'd lose a bunch of games, thirty-four, twenty-seven. Like that would be the ideal world. Richardson looks great, and you're drafting, you know, two or three coming up in in April. So my scenario of seven wins, while that probably means Richardson's looked decent, if not, you know, better than decent. If that means you're drafting nine or ten, I don't think that's necessarily the ideal situation. Like that falls a little bit more into that NFL purgatory. That's why I said I, in my article. I said that the wins don't matter. The optimism does heading into 2024. You want to be optimistic about the future of the Colts and Anthony Richardson heading into next season. It is a thought. It is a thin line. I, we have Matt Taylor coming up. It is a thin line that you want to win games, but you want to have that draft pick. Like what you're saying is yeah, right. You yeah. want to have. You don't want to. You, you, you know I, what I'm I saying? Know, like it, it's there are difficult. A lot of people that hated that with with, with the Pacers season here recently. But if all of a sudden that means you're getting Benedict. Matherin versus Dyson Daniels, I think you could live with a couple mm-hmm. of losses there right. in you know March and April. Um, the NFL schedule is different. There's only 17 of these. It's it, it's one a week. Um, so I hear you out on all of that, but I think that's just the reality of uh, where you're at from a franchise standpoint. All right, on the other side, it is voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, getting you set for Sunday with Jacksonville. I already talked some Colts and Jags with Matt Taylor here. In just a second, the uh, second unit headed by Tyrus Halliburton in the game for the United States. And just like that, a 10-point lead has become a tie ball game here. So we'll continue to keep you updated on the semifinals. Germans were up 10 early, but Halliburton, Austin Reeves, Paolo Boncaro and company continue to spark things for the Americans. Speaking of sparking things, Matt Taylor, um, a little birdie has told me you might be celebrating something today. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate you. Uh, actually Sunday, uh, day, day of game. Wow. Uh, day of game birthday. birthday. Birthday week one, man. Can awesome. we get 60,000 singing? <laughs> Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, Matt Taylor. Happy birthday to you. very disjointed happy birthday. Yeah, what is that song? It sounded like Coco Melon. I think it's from Coco Melon. I think that's exactly right, Kev. Matt, uh, I don't know if that was your kid's rendition there, but apologies for just a putrid effort there. Yeah, I don't know who sang it better. You or my three-year-old, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's fantastic right out of the gate. No, I appreciate you guys. It's uh, That's very thoughtful of you, but after a while, you stop counting the days, man. You stop counting the years, and your birthday just turns into another day, in this case, Sunday in week one. We're still a year or two away from the big 4-0, right? We are, yeah. We got right. we got a couple of years. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 still in the safe zone. Yeah, before yeah. my mid, before my midlife crisis kicks in. Sure. Uh, yeah, you're sure. going to be owning a Corvette here in a couple of years. I turn forty <laughs> next year, and you. I mean, Matt, when you're going well, you know, it's just another year and it's another day. You sound a hundred years old when you say that. Just so you know, you sound a hundred. <laughs> Well, KB, you want to tell him? You want to, you want to give Andy a little glimpse into my personality here? Yeah, that's, uh, he's that, an old soul. <laughs> no, I, I would say that's an accurate, accurate <laughs> statement. Again, it'll be Colts and Jazz coming up Sunday at one. Our coverage begins at nine o'clock. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, uh, joins us here. Matt, I always enjoy our Friday combos because you know there are times where I think we can kind of get away from the actual matchup, and I enjoy kind of diving into it with you. I've mentioned this. All week long, I think the Colts' defensive line is just such an important unit for this matchup. 
Um, I yeah. think they have an advantage there. I think it's a unit given the young nature to your secondary, and I think the secondary is facing arguably the best wideout group we'll see all year, that you really need your front to disrupt some things. Um, for me, late-game moments, for this to be you know a one-score game back and forth, the two-minute warning matters, I think your defensive line has got to be the best unit on the field. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, units that have something to prove or units that need to play well in order for the Colts to win. Yeah, absolutely on defense. I mean, you you got to get after Trevor Lawrence, and we've talked about it ad nauseum all off season. I mean, the Colts had, had 44 sacks last year, but, you know, were they the most impactful sacks, right? Did they come at the most uh, opportunistic times? Probably not. So you just can't let – you can't let Trevor Lawrence get into a groove back there and go 20 for 22 like he did last year at Lucas Oil Stadium. I mean, if you look at his numbers through four games against the Colts career-wise, he's completing 70% of his passes. Uh, in four games, he's, he's reached that percentage at least three times. So he's a really good quarterback. He's got some mobility. you got to keep him in the pocket because he does have – you know, not like Anthony Richardson, but he's got athleticism where he can hurt you with his legs. And you just got, you have to help the secondary somehow, some way, and you've got to generate pressure. And obviously, if you're Gus Bradley, he would like to generate that, you know, organically, if you will, with just rushing four. And you're really solid in the interior with uh, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. But it's it's a big year for those third-year guys, Quiddy Pay and Dio Adengbo. You got to get some pass rush, obviously, from Samson Ebicom, but you have to help the secondary with those new fresh faces and Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. when they're trying to slow down some of the, like you said, some of the best receivers, you know, the compilation of receivers and targets they're going to see all year. And Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Ingram, who's not really a tight end, he's not really a wide receiver. He's kind of like, you know, Travis Kelsey, just a versatile, good football player. Um, so they have a lot of guys they can throw the football to. And, oh, by the way, Calvin Ridley's here now, right? a 1,300-yard receiver the last time he was healthy in 2020. So just help that secondary. Just get him off schedule just a little bit. You know, Make him throw it before he wants to by a half second. Disrupt throws, alter throws, get in his face. You know, If you don't get five, six sacks in this game, that's okay. But just be impactful. The pass rush needs to have a place – on Sunday where Trevor Lawrence isn't back there just completing a, a crazy number of, you know, a, a crazy efficient number of passes. If he's in the 80% completion percentage on Sunday, I don't know if the Colts can, can hold up. I think that might be a long day for their defense considering the weapons that, that Lawrence has and the great quarterback he turned into, you know, the back half of last season. So the pass rush obviously has to be impactful some way in the passing game coming up on Sunday. Matt Taylor joins us here on the Fan Pay Less Liquors Hotline on this Football Friday. Uh, you mentioned Calvin Ridley. That's kind of what I was going to ask. You know, what looks different? We know a lot of the same guys, same quarterback, uh, second year with that coaching staff. What's the same? What's different with Jacksonville as you prepare for this game? What, what have you noticed? Well, I mean, they're just, they were just a completely different team in the last, you know, like I said, the last nine games of the season last year. They just were one of the best teams in the NFL, quite frankly, right? They went 7-2 and two in that stretch. Trevor Lawrence you know, was top five in everything. Uh, passer rating, completion percentage, uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio was like 15-2 to two in that stretch. I mean, he was just on fire. And 
you know, that offense, they ran the ball better with ETN. But the biggest thing that I noticed or just, you know, kind of crunching the numbers offensively from the first half to the last half, they just didn't beat themselves. They they cut down on drop passes. They cut down on turnovers. They were much better in the red zone in the last nine weeks. Um, so they, they think they have some real momentum and some real confidence about them. I mean, if you look at some of the quotes – from Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, this week and in training camp, he just seems like he's just uber confident. I mean, he's just beaming with confidence in himself and obviously the, that great, you know, arsenal of weapons around him. Um, so this is a team that I think expectation-wise has a lot on their shoulders, whereas the Colts, you know, nationally expectations, those really just don't exist. So I think that might play in the Colts, you know, favor in this game. I mean, Week number one, right out of the gate, you're trying to you know show what you got in a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback. Uh, you get the defending AFC South champs at your place right out of the gate. I mean, this is a good a good barometer game for the Colts to see where they're at, but also I mean, maybe they can get the Jacksonville Jaguars early because they do have a lot of expectations on them. They might be feeling the pressure after winning the division last year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you, that's a better question for the players, but but certainly the Colts have. I think something going for them because they did play well against this team in week six last year uh, on both sides of the ball at times defensively. I know they still gave up 27 points, but offensively they were able to move it. It was a big game for Alec Pierce. It was a big game for Deion Jackson in the passing game. It was a huge game for Michael Pittman Jr. He had a career-high 13 catches for 134 yards. So they did show on the outside with their receivers that they could win those matchups they could push the ball down the field. And I think the Colts have plenty of shots in their playbook with Anthony Richardson to get explosive plays, to be more efficient on offense, and, and, and to, to help this defense not have to shoulder all of that responsibility on Sunday to keep the Colts in the game. Uh, Matt Taylor with us. Just as a follow-up, because you kind of went where I was going to go next, and, and there's no way to know this. And listen, we, we will all find out together on Sunday and as the season goes here. How much do you think offensively they just haven't showed at all? Right, right now, like you, when you go, you're going to call this game, and I mean, you might see a bunch of stuff early on that we haven't seen at all. Whether it be the practices with the Bears, the two preseason games that Anthony Richardson played in, I mean, it could look a lot different. I would imagine on Sunday. Oh, it, it's going to look completely different. I mean, uh, this is just me spitballing here, but I mean, percentage wise of the playbook that we have seen in practice and in, in pre preseason games, I'm going to say less than ten percent. I mean, I, I know you're going to see a lot of RPOs. You're going to see a lot of RPOs. You know, the Eagles the last two years, they led the NFL in RPOs in each of the last two seasons in, in 21 and 22. Um, so there's no doubt that's going to be, you know, a, a focus of the offense. But there's different degrees of RPOs. And I don't think we've seen the most sophisticated, you know, RPOs uh, in, in training camp practice and certainly in preseason games. So I'm just incredibly excited. I mean, schematically, I don't think we're anywhere close to seeing the real product yet. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I think, is just going to be completely unleashed to go make plays, uh, be put in good situations in the passing game. Uh, I'm just really, really excited. I mean, to me, I, I mean, I, this is a bad analogy, but I've been saying this is like Christmas morning, man. Unwrap your presents, see what you got. Uh, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe we need to put some some new batteries in this this <laughs> toy, or this toy matches up with what I already got for my birthday or Christmas last year. We kind of marry some things together. We get creative. I mean, that's 
that's what I'm excited for in this game because I have no idea what to expect for the Colts. I think they're going to line up in a lot of different formations. I think they're going to have a ton of uh, different uh, in various uh, position groups and, and skill groups on the field at different times. So I think it's exciting because, you know, if, you, if you're Doug Peterson uh, and you're Mike Caldwell for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're having to go back and thumb through a lot of notes and watch a lot of film, right? You're watching film on Richardson in college. You're watching stuff from the Eagles, no doubt. You're watching stuff from, you know, you're watching your own tape from Jacksonville last year because the uh, Jim Bob Cooter connection. So there's just a lot of stuff they're having to spend time on this this week in order to get ready for the Colts that are so fresh because there's no game tape with Shane Steichen and uh, Anthony Richardson together. Yeah, the whole batteries in the toys always frustrates me when they don't just come with batteries right. in the toys. You got to like, have the batteries. You got to buy them. Yeah, yeah, I'll pay the extra dollar fifty for the toy if you just don't make me scramble on Christmas morning to find the batteries. Yeah, for now, the toy. now I'm going to Wal- Now I'm going to Walgreens yeah. at ten thirty in the morning on, on Christmas morning. <laughs> taking Thanks a lot. Taking batteries out of the base out of the basement remote to make sure the toy works for Rosie, and then I forget that there's no batteries in the basement remote. Uh, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, joins us here again coming up one o'clock on Sunday. It's Colts and Jags. You guys obviously just touched on the unknown with Indy. I think on the flip side of that, obviously there will be an unknown for Anthony Richardson and what he is going to face. And by that I mean this: you look back in the preseason, Matt. It was just unfortunate that. The Colts had a different approach than the other teams in the preseason. I get why the other teams didn't play their starters, but you, you know Richardson was out there for nine series. He never saw a starting defense. And I was thinking about this last night watching Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is such an, an amazing thrower of the football. I don't think opposing defenses think they can spy him because they feel the need that they need an extra guy in coverage. Well, I think Anthony Richardson is going to have a spy against him early on in this you know, rookie season. He's got to prove himself as a thrower before teams start to have that sort of debate. And it got me thinking, Matt, like, what would you spy him with? Like, do you go linebacker and think, you know, right, you, you, right. you want your DBs back there, obviously in the secondary, but, you know, linebackers don't run 4-4 very often in the NFL. And then if you go DB, if you have like a safety that weighs 205 pounds, that safety is giving up 50 pounds. And trying right. to bring Anthony Richardson down to the open field is no easy task. So, I don't know. that That's just a part of, you know, the chess match I think we're about to see on Sunday and really every week with Richardson. Of how do teams account for the leg playmaking ability we did see in the preseason when obviously teams are not spying him? No, that's exactly right. And that's where the RPO game comes into to, to, to play there because the RPO, if it's executed well and, and if, if you get the correct looks for the RPO that's called, you know, it, it should be executed so where that you're, not, you're right all the time, right? You take what the defense gives you, right? And, and if that means Anthony Richardson on, on, on six or seven RPOs runs it, uh, instead of handing the football off or to you know to Evan Hall or Zach Moss or throwing a quick slant to Michael Pittman Jr., that's fine. And you're exactly right. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to line back? Are you going to line up? You know, Devin Lloyd or um, you know uh, Olakon uh, on him? I mean, that, that's that's advantage Anthony Richardson because he's going to be the most athletic guy and the biggest and fastest guy on the field, regardless of Colts offense, Jacksonville defense. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they kind of use him in the running game and also how Jacksonville tries to, to negate that. 
Um, but to me, the biggest thing for Anthony Richardson on Sunday, you know, I know this week he talked about goals for the early part of the season and his rookie season in totality. You know, I mean, we're going to have a lot of time to diagnose his completion percentage and yards per attempt and all these quarterback metrics that we use to uh, decide, you know, what what group, you know, quarterbacks should be in, things like that. But for me on Sunday, just with this game, week number one, as it relates to just this Sunday for the Colts, I just want to see Anthony Richardson make good decisions and play fast and keep the Colts out of negative and, quite frankly, disastrous plays, right? I don't want to see turnovers deep inside your own territory. Uh, I don't want to see turnovers in the red zone that cost you points, make good decisions on third down. I mean, we saw that that game right out of the gate in the preseason where he's running an RPO, the timing of the play gets all out of whack, he has that little bit of a hitch in his throw, throws the pick. It's okay to throw the ball away, or it's okay, quite frankly, to – to take a sack or a tackle for loss and punt the ball. I mean, and this is going to sound silly, but how much better off would the Colts have been last year by just punting the ball no, half more times question. per game mm-hmm. instead of turning it over? I mean, they, they, they lost six games last year by one score. They, they, it's not a hyperbole. They probably win a handful more games last year if they just don't have that crazy number of turnovers. So it's okay to just go to the next series and learn and talk it over on the sideline instead of, trying to force the ball and be a hero right out of the gate. So he's going to make plays. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's no question about that. But I I want to see Anthony Richardson play fast, not have too much on his plate, and just keep the Colts out of bad situations and don't have those, again, quite frankly, those disastrous plays that ultimately get you beat. Yeah, I remember listening to or watching a Manning cast last year, Matt, and Peyton said something to the effect of like, one of, if not the most important job for a quarterback is identify a bad play and don't make it worse. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get to the line of scrimmages, you're going to get late in, in, in a play clock and realize, oh boy, this does not look good. Acknowledge that and identify it properly, but then don't compound it. And in a way, and I know it was not all his fault, that's what you saw in the Buffalo interception. You know, that that there was something that went wrong. Once you see that go wrong with Isaiah McKenzie, the miscommunication, don't make right. it worse. Andy, I know you got one more. Well, yeah, one more. Listen, I think I think Richardson absolutely is going to look like he belongs uh, out there. I think he. I think there's a great chance of him being a talk of the NFL week one. Uh, what do they need? Last one for me, Matt Taylor joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. What do they need, you know, on the field, off the field? What do they need and what do you think they'll get here early season from Shaq Leonard? Oh, man, good question. I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, Shaq has really surprised all of us. I mean, it's, it's been a classic case really since training camp started of, of uh, you know, underselling and over-delivering. I mean, you know, Chris Ballard in his introductory training camp press conference said, you know, they're going to ease Shaq back and, you know, he's not going to be a full participant right out of the gate. Well, he was. I mean, he did way more early on in training camp than what the Colts let on. And the arrow has just been up and up and up on Shaq this entire time, this entire offseason. I know he's got a little bit of a hiccup there with the concussion, but he's cleared that. So I I don't know. I mean, I I don't think I'd be surprised either way, to be honest with you. I mean, if he's on a pitch count, that wouldn't surprise me. They've got a lot of trust and belief in EJ Speed, and rightfully so. But I also wouldn't be shocked, KB and and Andy, if he went out there and played 60 Mm -hmm. snaps. I think that's... That's just kind of how this has gone the entire time where, again, they've under-promised and, and over-delivered on Shaq Leonard, and I think that's kind of the way 
he wants it. That's the way the Colts want it. Um, but it's just crazy to me that, you know, he's had all of these setbacks in terms of procedures and surgeries, and he's still in a position to play week one. And I think that's the biggest thing. The next time you see Shaq Leonard on the field, again, playing a majority of the game or close to the entire game with 60, 70 snaps, you'll know he's 110% ready to do that because he came out and said, the next time I, I play, I'm not. I'm going to take myself into consideration, right? I came back too, too fast last year. I wasn't the same player. I hated watching myself on film. I was a liability for this team. I don't want to do that anymore. Like I hate to be on the sidelines, but when I'm when I'm out there, I need to be out there in the same player. I need to be the same guy I was in 2019 and 2020. It's crazy to me. The guy's got 35. He's been part of 35 takeaway plays in his NFL career. He's got 15 picks. He leads all linebackers in interceptions since 2018. And I love what Rick Venturi had to say this week on our podcast. Like. Shaq Leonard's just a he's just a football player. He's like a magnet. It's like he doesn't even play a position. He's just out there hawking the ball and changing the game. I mean, obviously he's got responsibilities and keys like that, but he just is like no other player the Colts have had in a long, long time. And if they can get him out there on the field on Sunday, I mean, I just think that's a, a mental mm-hmm. boost, a spiritual lift. And if I they agree. get those game game changing takeaway plays I mean, that was the saving grace of the defense two years ago in 2021. And, you know, they didn't have that last year because, quite frankly, they didn't have Leonard last year. And it was tough for them to get stops, and it was tough for them to get off the field and keep teams out of the end zone and the red zone. And so that's where I think a healthy Shaq Leonard plays the biggest part in this Colts defense. But we'll see kind of what that looks like on Sunday. Again, he is the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, Lara Overton, and him will have your coverage. Our pregame coverage is going to begin at 9 a.m. I'll hop on with JMV in that 9 o'clock hour, and then we'll have you all the way through the postgame show with Greg Rakestraw and Bill Brooks. All right, Matt, uh, who do I need to talk to? We got Kenny Wayne Shepard on the national anthem. Then for him to break into happy birthday to you after that, who do I, who, who do I need to talk to for that? Well, you got a credential. I'll get you on the field. So just go down there. Oh, slip sure. A 20. Yeah, yeah slip, slip him a 20. And hey, Mr. Shepard. A 20. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be you know, listening to me for that. Speaking of listening, we'll be doing that coming up on Sunday. Matt, I know how excited you get this time of year, not just for your birthday, but certainly for what's coming at 1 o'clock on Sunday. So congrats on that, and I uh, can't wait to hear your calls this season. Have a good call, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. That is the legendary Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Again, I was watching that game last night, Andy, and you saw Mahomes, I think on their first touchdown drive, make two big plays off of scrambles. And if you watch the play, and they do a great job of showing the behind-the-view shot, you know, no Detroit defender is accounting for him. They are going to have to spy Richardson. But how they spy him linebacker give up speed safety you know db give up size and then is there ever a point probably not for a long time but is there ever a point in richardson's career where he all of a sudden proves to a defense hey you might have think twice about mm-hmm. using a spy on right. me because i can be an effective passer and just you know watching teams do they go zone on richardson because they're afraid to go man because if those guys start turning their backs to him all of a sudden, he's taking off and making plays. I think all of that is going to be really, uh, really fun to watch. Well, there you go. How about a little birthday on game day? How about that? Right? 
Now, I think I brought this up before. Matt Good Taylor, for him. At one point, he was the youngest play-by-play yes, voice in the NFL. I would assume he still is. I don't know if anybody younger than him there. So. so so I know, you know, some younger guys have come up, uh, you know, and not only Matt Taylor, but I'm saying, you know, guys that I've known in the business, if you will, are play-by-play guys old souls? Because I feel like I know like five of them rather well, and I feel I feel like all five of them are kind of you know thirty five years older than yeah. than what they Matt actually Taylor are. Is the definition of an old soul? <laughs> Would you think you're an old soul? I, I, I maybe just I, a smidge. I think I am to a degree, but not like Matt Taylor. Yeah, I mean Matt Taylor. Yeah, I mean, see, I'm the I'm the opposite of that. Like, you know, our child being born is gonna kind of like stop the is gonna like stop the party. Like otherwise, I was just gonna blow through it right into my forties. Welcome into the world. You ruined my yeah, life. Yeah. You've been you've, you've been having your shirt off a mass I have at one a.m. Yeah, for the last three weeks. I haven't had to do anything. Life. I went to bed early or tried to go to bed early last night. It was yeah. busy on mass have last night. I know it, it was funny. You you mentioned to Mark and I a few few minutes ago. You, that you're going to a concert tonight, I'm thinking to myself, man, uh, yeah, those sorts of Friday nights, uh, enjoy them for the next six weeks. That's why before, I'm doing it, yeah. Before life changes. All right, pop quiz coming up in a few. That would be 317-239-1070 for that one. Uh, we still need to give out our Colts and Jags individual game picks coming up. We'll do that to close things out. Uh, let's lead off the morning check down with a little live sports here on a Friday morning. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Right on cue, a Tyrese Halliburton three-pointer gives the United States a 60-57 to lead late in the first half. It is a high, high-scoring affair in this semifinal matchup from the Philippines. Anthony Edwards has been pretty special for the United States and being kind of the catalyst. He's pretty much been that throughout the tournament. But again, approaching halftime here, it's been back and forth. The Germans had a 10-point lead early on. Uh, Halliburton with a couple of assists as well. Daniel Tice, Andy, has been... Dude, I'm watching him. He's balling right now. He's good for the Germans. And I'm like... He's balling, man. Again, I forget he is like a Pacers player. Average 10 points a game. And I guess he's your backup center. That's what I would assume here. Dude, he's whining about every call. On that entering this season. I know you still have Isaiah Jackson. You still have Jalen Smith. But I think the Pacers are done with like the play all the young dudes and forget about all the older dudes. Daniel Tice, I mean, in a month, he comes for training camp, and I think he's proven in the league to be a a nice backup big man for you, and he's been huge here in this first half. Uh, Tied at half now, 60-60, to the U.S. and the Germans. Of course, a big game last night to open the NFL season. Detroit walks into Arrowhead, wins 21-20. It ended up being what the game-winning touchdown was David Montgomery. Sorry, Mark, I I know you uh, may miss him. Here's what that that sounded on Lions Radio Network. Lions scrimmage from the Kansas City 8. Goff gives to Montgomery again. He's got room inside the 5. Fighting to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. David Montgomery to the house. And the Lions are an extra point away from taking the lead. I love you could hear the clap in the background by the... What was that? The the analyst? You hear that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was you making noise at 1 a.m. on oh, Mass Yeah, Ave. on Mass Avenue. So uh, 21-20, that's your final bunch of drop passes. The Lions walk in with Man Campbell, and they get the damn thing done. Yeah, Kadarius Tony paying for barbecue in Kansas City. Yes, now sir. Moving forward after that effort last night out of him. All right, a couple other news items from a Major League Baseball standpoint. Kind of a quiet day on Thursday. The Cubs did lose to the uh, Diamondbacks, so that is not helping out. 
um, the Reds situation in the wild card right now. Reds and Cardinals coming up this weekend. We'll continue to monitor the Cubs as they try and push for a potential NL Central. Make that series, I guess, interesting at the end of the year. Them and the Brewers to close out the season. The Fever have got games tonight and Sunday. Their season concludes. The IndyCar season also concludes on Sunday. Laguna Seca for that race. Again, week four of high school football coming up. Our game will be the fighting Eugene Hilton's T.Y.'s kid for Zionsville. Taking on Franklin Central, that that, uh, conference matchup. Major Crossroads Conference, pretty good football. Uh, Fishers and HSC, a big matchup tonight in the Mudsock game. Cathedral Chatard, that's got some Bowen family interest in that one. Greg Gregstraw dropped a line of four and a half <laughs> on that one. Um, <laughs> anything else of weekend notes that I'm missing? No, here, I think you got it all. I mean, Joe Burrow gets his five-year, $275 million deal, 219 of that guaranteed. Oh, you want me to give you something that I wrote down that I'm like, we'll never get to this. Yeah, well, but but we're going to break here. Sure. You know what it is. Top 10 recruit, is it Derek or Derek Queen is visiting Bloomington over the weekend? How about Look at that? that. Yeah, a little Mike Woodson you for you. Are the message boards <laughs> right now? <laughs> the Peaks message board, no. You know Alex Bozich inside the hall? Sure. Do you know yeah, him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. I'm thick with the Boziches. You want some Love IU it. stuff? I'll give you some IU stuff. Love it. Uh, Indiana, <laughs> Indiana State tonight on the gridiron. That is a 7 o'clock tip. Purdue, Virginia Tech uh, tomorrow, seven uh, noon kick. For that one. So, by the way, 60 59 at halftime. I think I said 60 60 earlier. So, 60 59 the U.S. up in that one. All right, it is time for the pop quiz, and it is a freebie Friday. That means a Jiffy Lube oil change coming your way no matter what happens. So, give us a call right now 317 239 1070 for the pop quiz. Studied. Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, Pop Quiz time. I will get a number here. I'm reading the questions. Not too bad. I mean, the last one is 1930s baseball. But, I mean, other than that, I think you got a pretty good chance here, KB, uh, to get something accomplished. And coming up in about 10, 12 minutes, we'll give you our score predictions what will happen with the Colts and Jags on Sunday who wants to do uh, the number here do you want me to do it you want to do way, it I think I'm going to post up at a bar today to watch this Ben Shelton match nice little I don't what know. time is it I think it's like three or four before I pick up the kids from daycare nice little cold beer Watch Ben Shelton well, take on Novak. I'll be loading boxes up, so Mark will be doing his big Friday evening. So mm-hmm. you know, Mark's I, got a big one. I don't Donna know if Perry, you're. I don't know if you're guilting us into hanging out with you, or you're just throwing that out there. You want a listener to come by, no. or what do you want? No, we'll, just, we'll get the invites once Notre Dame basketball starts. It'll be like, anyone want to come over? And then no one shows up. I, I, I know I brought up earlier in the show, guys. I am nervous about this tonight. Six o'clock, seven o'clock. Jim Mercer. Over at the Jim Mercer Collection, Lucas Oil, he's in his element, oh, Chris Angel, wait. you know, green room, the whole shebang, oh. and all of a sudden he just drops some Jonathan Taylor comment. On the long and lonesome highway, he's still no, nervous. What if he announces an extension? He's like, oh, yeah, just by the way, uh, he yeah. brings Jonathan Taylor on stage. He just signed a three-year, $42.5 million dollar deal. Night, yeah. Let's get this guy done. Here we are. I woke up this morning and realized it was time to have Jonathan a part of the Colts family for the rest of the you know, See, his career. Andy, you laugh, but 
You never know. I, I, Loud and proud. You never know. Listen, I'm, I'm with you. You never know. The roar of the crowd. How about that? Uh, it is game number one. We've got to go fast fingers yep. here on today's pop quiz. Mark Dykton, who we got? Matt. All right, Matt, what's happening, Matty? What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Matt, what do you think of my seven wins for the Colts this year? Um, Man, I, I'm hopeful that we'll be there, but, uh, you know, it's... It doesn't seem like it's going to go that right, but okay. we'll see. That's fair. That's fair. Matt, you got anything on the viewing schedule this weekend sport-wise that's really mm-hmm. um, on your mind besides, obviously, the Colts? Um, I mean, we, we've been watching a lot of tennis lately, so uh, that. I heard you guys talking the other day. Thank wow, you, Matt. Guy, guy from uh, got some Indiana connections, so we're going to root for him. Matt. Ah, thank you, Matt. Did I plant Matt? As I was about a, to say, a, you sucking up to KB? Sounds like quiz sounds yes. like you guys are brothers For or those something. That missed it, <laughs> ben Shelton, the American, taking on Djokovic today in the semifinal. His mother, Lisa Witzkin, is a Carmel native. I think that last name certainly has a lot of tennis clout in central Indiana there. So, yes, we do have a local connection, and I'm really looking forward to watching that. Maybe Matt and I will have a beer today at 4 I was about to say, and, yeah. And, and, and watch that. So, Matt, thank you for mentioning that. I think, I think JMV's up at one of the Twin Peaks, so yeah, there you he's go. Greenwood Twin Peaks action. Go yeah. watch. Uh, go watch him do sports radio. You can watch a lot of things at Twin Peaks. Yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to go? Sure. All, right, sure, sure, sure. all right, Maddie. Question number one: IU hosts Indiana State tonight. When was the last time the Sycamores beat the Hoosiers? Was it A? Now, this is football? This is football, yes. This is all football. A, 2014. B, 2011. C, 1984. Or D, the Sycamores have never beaten the Hoosiers. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go with 2014. Would Jim Irsay say that one time? Rare air? Well, maybe they never beat them. Say it again, Matt. Maybe they, maybe they've never beat them. I'll okay. go with that. All right, good start, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Number I've got, two, I've got a cousin that actually plays for uh, for Indiana State. So. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Oh, nice. Let's go, trees. Can we get a name drop, Matt? Um, I'd rather not. Oh. All right. He's a freshman this year. Yeah, we we don't want the ego to get too big. I I certainly understand that. All right, Matt, number two here. My Irish heading to Raleigh to take on the Wolf Pack of North Carolina State. It's the fourth ever meeting between the two teams. The last game in Raleigh was played, yes, in the remnants of a hurricane. I remember that quite well. Notre Dame and NC State have also met one time in a bowl game. In which bowl game did the Irish and Wolf Pack meet? And this venue's got a tie to the Colts' opponent on Sunday, right, Scotty? Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Gator Bowl, Insight Bowl, or the Independence Bowl? Well, Gator Bowl. Good start. All right, question number three. The Colts host the Jags in Sunday's NFL season opener at Lucas Oil. Who was the head coach of the Jaguars the last time they faced the Colts in a regular season opener? Was it Urban Meyer? Was it Tom Coughlin? Was it Doug Marone? Or was it Jack Del Rio? Uh, Doug Marone? Okay, question number four. Resting here. All right, Matt, number four. The Chiefs lost to the Lions last night. That snaps our pop quiz question from Thursday of the uh, opening day win streak at eight games. Which franchise owns the all-time record of winning 16 season openers in a row? Would that be the Cowboys, the Bears, the Patriots, or the Dolphins? Um, 
Patriots, I would assume. Every answer with Matt, it just has that tint of like, will you give me a hint uh, at the end of it? Please help me. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, Please help me. Matt, I, I, after going three for three, you can't, yeah, you, uh, yeah, you can't be giving yeah. hints. All right, last one. On this day in 1939, yes, 1939, Bob Feller of the Cleveland Indians became the youngest pitcher to win 20 games in a season. He was 20 years, 10 months, and 6 days of age. His record was later broken by another 20-year-old who currently is still the youngest 20-game winner in Major League Baseball history. Is it Vita Blue? Is it Dwight Gooden? Felix Hernandez or Brett Saberhagen? Um, Brett Saberhagen. All right, Matt, no matter what happens here, it is Freebie Friday, so certainly stay on the line. I think we pretty much hinted at it. He got the first three right. Indiana yeah, State correct. never beaten IU. It was the Gator Bowl. Philip yeah! Rivers, I unfortunately remember that too, too well, dominating Irish in that one. Where is Doug Marone like an analyst at Alabama right now? Th- he went to Alabama to, to do the rehab thing. But he the didn't coaching get the Tommy rehab. So job? Yeah, I'm looking. I have no idea. Uh, did, uh, he's an American football. I'm looking at Wikipedia. He's the O line coach for the Saints. Oh, okay. So Dennis Allen brought him in? There he did. Yeah, he did. I had no idea. All right, Matt. The two that he slipped up on, though, the Patriots, not this winner of 16 season openers in a row, the NFL record. It's the Cowboys and Dwight Gooden for number five. Stay on the line, Matt. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. <laughs> Kevin rolling up the Chatham tap later to listen to some of that. No, that was last night. That was last night. You know, you had Coco Golf. Oh, man. You had Madison Keys with an impressive first set. Could not get it done in the final two tiebreaker. Boy, he found that he found that pretty fast in the uh, yeah, in yeah. the in the old O drive. A little, little different than Tom Allen's relentless search that took about nine hours. This Sometimes you watch tennis, more. and if your wife walks in, she's like, "What are you watching?" Because it sounds like something else. Maddie was was very into the Coco Golf match last night. There, I thought oh, that at man. one point the opponent had planted the protester. It was what three of them. Three and, of them, and they and they, but only one was willing to glue their feet to the ground. But here's the thing: like when, when the, you know they when they were chanting and everything, they go and it, I, I feel bad because they're not used to these sorts of things. So like, if it's a football game, like if it's a football game, like in San Francisco, like the police are ready to go. Like at any point, the police are like, okay, we're ready to go. We'll, we'll go break up the fight. We'll arrest who you know in Philly. You know, we'll arrest whoever. We'll get them out of the stadium and everything else. But they're not used to that in tennis. And so they just had an just had an old man with a tucked in polo and you know new balances on telling them to stop. And I'm like, that's was, not going to work, man. And again, this was section like what two thirty six. Could we have not just like continued the match? And I mean, it's not like they were jumping through the rafters. Yeah, but you got to have quietness on the serves. You know, you know tennis. Come on, you're a golf guy. You know, you I know, you know the yeah. golfers no, can't swing right. unless it's quiet and, you know, you get yelled at by Tiger or something else. You yeah, it was a great 40-shot rally in that one. Uh, Luke sends this. He's got 10 bucks on Ben Shelton to beat Djokovic. 10 to win. There you go. 
I can't wait. Yeah, that's good money. Those are good that odds. Is. Those are good odds. All right, speaking of odds, it is a five-point spread. I think the over-under 45, last I saw, for Colts and Jags. We'll give out some picks coming up to round things out. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5. Fan- last segment of the show. Good week uh, of shows, I think, fellas. Game week. We'll obviously be in here Monday at 7 a.m. reacting to everything that happens or doesn't happen to the Colts on Saturday or on Sunday, I should say. Obviously, Indiana back in action tonight. All the high school action. Purdue football in action on Saturday. So it is busy, busy, busy as we head into week four of the high schools, week two of college, and now week one of the NFL. Uh, Feeling good. I hope everyone's fantasy teams stink it up like mine usually do, and that's where we are. So you ready to give uh, our picks? And I guess, KB, the best thing to say is we're going to spice this up in the next week or so, right? Is that the best way to say what we're going to be doing, spicing it up? Yeah, we are. And before we give out our picks, I've got to say this. Right now, and I mean this in all seriousness, the United States playing in the semifinals of the World Cup, the best player on the floor, U.S. and Germany, is Daniel freaking Tice. Oh, dude, he had a beast of a... No, I turned Pacer it off finally, but... center Daniel Tice. Is well, there you li- go. He, the U.S. cannot guard him. He's making plays off the dribble. They got him in a um, <laughs> in a deal, what was it, I guess a couple months ago, and it was one of these things like, oh, yeah, they're just going to trade him. Like, you know, it's one of those that they got Serge Ibaka for like a few minutes, and now all of a sudden I'm watching him, I'm like, Dan- like Daniel Tice is legit, and, and I always knew he was a nice little backup center, but boy... Bad for the Americans, good for the Pacers. So, yeah, Germany right now up five with the ball, and uh, it's just, uh, midway point of the third quarter. So, you want to take calls? We'll the final see. six minutes, Daniel Tice calls. I, I, to hell with the Colts. Daniel Tice, it's or Tice Miles time. Turner. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be the debate. Daniel uh, Tice emerging for the Pacers will do what for the win loss record? So, some nervous moments for Team USA here as they try to advance to the gold medal game. Currently down eight oh, to we're down eight Germany as Dennis Schroeder oh. knocks. Home of three. Um, yeah, so we're going to give our picks every Friday, like, you know, we typically yeah. do. But, you know, I, I figured this, Andy, with you. Obviously, Mark isn't currently in this stage. Mark, your youngest is what, three? Two. Two. Um, so you're out of this stage. Uh, Andy, you won't be in it for a few more months, mm. but currently we are in the where did Max Bowen go stage? Like, I could have sworn he was just in this room, and next thing you know, he's crawling, and you hear him on step five, and it's like, oh, gosh, please don't fall down, Max. So I thought, you know what? (laughs) Our picks, I mean, it's coming from the dude that had the Raiders in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Let's let my one-year-old son pick the Colts and Jags game as well. Max will turn one tomorrow. So we will be, and I will tweet out the video here in a bit, but last night I got uh, those mini football helmets for my nephew, okay? So each week my nephew Teddy, he positions all, and right now you got all 32, he positions all 32 helmets with the matchups. God bless him, man. So sets that up to be mid-week. his to be his age, man. I, mean, I, I, I just it, it really is the best thing. Literally. I was doing that at like age twenty five. I'm a nerd. <laughs> well, I, he, yeah, he is six. Uh, I was doing it on Mass Avenue last night. I had all the helmets out there. 
and so I'm like, all right, Teddy, I need Colts and Jags, and let's line Max up and see which helmet he crawls to. So Max Bowen made his pick. I sent you guys mm-hmm. the the video. There were some moments there that I thought Max was going to – I thought for a moment there he was just going to abstain from picking and go tie like Colts-Texans in the opener wow. last year. I was about to say, it happened last year. I got nervous there. Uh, you could tell his sister was losing a little bit of steam there and the fact that he wouldn't make a selection. But eventually, with a Gronk spike to emphasize it, he's got the Jags money line coming yeah, up. Yeah, it, it looked it looked like his sister was trying to persuade him to take the Colts. I know, yeah. Uh, I don't know what was going on, but I could tell she was not happy that he was the star of the video. Correct. Yes, she could that, not have liked that she was not the star of the video. That is an accurate depiction <laughs> of how our life is. So head, Jags head not heart for Max Bowen. Correct. Head not heart there. <laughs> so Jags money line for him. I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. I'll go 27-20 Jags. And, you know, I've said it all week long. I think the Indy defensive line is the must-show-up group for you to have a legit chance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence last year, 45 of 52. 45 of 52 in the two games. You've got a young secondary. I think it's premature to have massive expectations for them facing this Calvin Ridley wideout group. Um, I think your D-line has got to deliver. I think there will be Anthony Richardson moments. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, But I I still am going to hover around 20 for the offense, so I will say Jacksonville 27-20 in this opener. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm going to go 28-16 Jacksonville. I I think the Colts can, you know, maybe even perhaps win the first quarter, win the first half, be there at halftime, and eventually all of the talent that Jacksonville, not only at quarterback, the better coaching uh, that they have had since getting rid of Urban Meyer, and then just on top of it, too many weapons. And eventually the Colts busted coverage. They make some mistakes. Richardson or a run back fumbles, whatever it may be. I think they're in this game. I think they're in this game third quarter, and I think in the fourth quarter, Jacksonville kind of picks it up, right? I mean, after the sleepiness maybe of the beginning of the game, and I think they put the Colts away 28-16, to 16, um, and I think we're going to have to try to figure out on Monday if it's one of those that you're like, okay, you know, he settled for three field goals sort of thing. If you can turn those into touchdowns, you can win games, uh, but I'm going to go 28-16 to 16, and uh, obviously super interested to see what Anthony Rich Richardson does. I think Kevin looked at my paper. I have Jaguars 27, Colts 20. Oh, maybe you looked at mine. Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are going to give the young, inexperienced secondary some fits. On top of that, you got Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. Could be a bit of, I, bit of I issues. I really like Jacksonville's skill group. I, I, yeah. I, there might not be like an all-pro, but I think there is a They're lot of solid. talent yeah. within that group. And again, that's why I put so much onus on that Colts defensive line to be the disruptor. And, you know, we asked Matt Taylor a little bit about that earlier in the 9 o'clock hour. You know, think back to the loss to Washington last season, the loss to Philadelphia, moments in the fourth quarter where you get one defensive stop and you win that game. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Heineke and Jalen Hurts are making these plays that keep drives alive and ultimately win both of those road games. Um, You need your D-line to be a closing-type unit. We saw late in that game, Detroit, I thought, you know, up front, they really stepped up last night in making some plays late 
with that one. Yeah, so is Anthony Richardson here? You know, is he how much of a talk is he going to be if he balls out, if he struggles of NFL week one? And then I think on Monday we come in here and Shane Steichen, right? If he you know, if he knows a rule or doesn't know a rule or misses on a challenge flag or, you know, something coaching wise, I'm sure we'll be evaluating him. But it's a new start for the Colts, and you said that to begin the show. There is excitement there. It's a new start. You have a competent coach, you have a competent quarterback, you have young guys, you have a young team team and let's see what they do on Sunday patience is key but there's hope there's injection of life and finally we will be talking about actual real football for the 2023 Colts on Monday Andy good luck with the move appreciate it guys everybody have a wonderful weekend thanks for tuning in to the wake up call with KB and Andy